You're listening to Thursday Nights, Season 4, Episode 43! Capping what has just happened last week, we're actually going far back 50 years. And I asked Sam to recap <laughs> the dwarf backstory September adventure, which of course was recorded with such acute detail and skill by us. That was a harsh lemon. So <laughs> many moons ago, um, <clears throat> in the uh, in the Dwarven-only section of Mithril Hall uh, was held the Feast of September, uh, which is a... Every decade? What have we decided on that? 50 years. Every 50 years is a September. That's what I, that's what I, heard, that's what I recall. By I that. it's every seven years, but we can figure it out. Yeah, but every seven years. Between every seven and 50 held years. At irregular intervals. <laughs> uh, uh, amongst the various dwarven clans of the western coast of Faerun, uh, among the offspring and close friends and relatives of the ancestor, the uh, scions of a one Adric Amberhelm, yeah, and his clan. Um, uh, every seven years, apparently. Seven years. Okay. So there's seven holes. I mean, seven. Seven. We're going with the seven. We're doing the seven thing. I don't know why it's all to every 49 years. Yeah. You round it up. Oh. Yeah. Uh, at the center of this is, of course, always Adric Amberhelm, a dwarf of legend, uh, venerable, uh, very powerful, uh, lady dwarves fawning over him, and various other people looking for accolades and whatnot. Um, in this scene, we have uh, Delg, uh, the son of Baron Baldurk. Uh, Baron is the local cleric of Morden. Um, we have Pubis Stoneshaft, um, who is the apprentice to Mock Fohammer, a, uh, a rather successful jeweler at this time, I think. Master Smithy, Master Smithy and, and jeweler. jeweler. Yeah. Um, we also know. have uh, Drustin, Drustin. Drustin Delvinar. Drustin Delvinar. A pubescent teen. A pubescent teen. Um, <laughs> these three young dwarves uh, enjoying the festivities. Um, eventually, getting a little bit too, uh, having too much to drink, having uh, lechd a little bit too, obviously. Um, <laughs> having peeped too many toms. Peeped too many toms. <laughs> are sort of tossed out of the official festivities and sent to go wander the other halls. So they go about going from booth to booth, looking at the various vendors who have, you know, this, this event has gathered. Um, and they stumble upon a... Uh, uh, fellow uh, selling antiquities, knickknacks, and whatnots, and and all this kind of stuff. Their and uncle, uh, fact, their so uncle, in fact, who has a Sverfneblin uh, assistant. Mm-hmm. Yes, a named deep gnome assistant. Sverney. Named Sverney. Um, named or handled. Sverney. I think there is a a map 
Was it a strange map? I never get the item that had caught Drewston's attention. Oh, wasn't it like some kind of brooch? Strange brooch or something brooch like that? Or some, brooch or some item of great power, and he wanted it. Of course, it was far out of his price range, so Sverney offered a deal. He said, tell you what, in the course of coming here, I have misplaced some cargo. And uh, if you find dwarves would be so kind as to go and collect it for me, well then, uh, the reward shall be yours. Yeah? Um, so, seeing this was an opportunity for a little adventure and some treasure, um, Driston, foaming at the mouth for this opportunity <laughs> and whatever this thing was, um, Delg, uh, hesitant, but the slightly older of the various dwarves there sort of felt, you know, a little eager to go on and maybe had a little too much drink to drink. And, uh, Pubis, who knows what Pubis' intentions were, but he, he definitely came along. Um, so they went to their various homes and gathered preparations. Delg, uh, nicked his father's shield. Um, uh, what did Pubis and, uh, and Drewston did to, to he grab? I forget. stole the armor of... Yeah, he stole, armor. uh, yeah, um, not, not, not the armor of Mach, but some armor yeah. from Mach. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, gra- grab that and, you know, weapon out of the, the chest, mm-hmm. uh, like a, a mace, you know, clads himself in this overbearing, kind of ill-fitting garb. But wanders out, you know, swinging, swinging some heavy D, feeling pretty good about himself. Yeah. Had a Drewston prop? I forget. Uh, he had just random collections of scroll bits and stuff mm. that he'd never really gotten to work too well, and he just grabbed like just a handful grab of full them. Those. Okay. Was it like a scroll, a scroll or a map that showed like a path to a dryad forest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was what you wanted, like fall. Yeah, that was it. That was had it. a map that would lead you on the grand adventure to like a, a, a dryad forest. That's where right? Anga came from. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So uh, preparations completed. The three young dwarves set out into the underground tunnels. Uh, not quite in the underdark, but clearly in the subterranean passages. Uh, around Mithril Hall and began trying to uh, follow the passage back. I forget if they were beset by any sort of issues until they came upon what they thought was their destination. Only one. The last guard. In the, the last guard, that's right. Of the Mithril Hall defenses. Oh, yes. For young children and pubescent laddos, I'm not simply allowed to to come and go at, at will and, and, and wander these these dangerous unguarded uh, tunnels beneath the uh, the city. So it took a little convincing to bypass this last line of defense and earn their freedom and a chance for glory. Yeah, but uh, convince them they did, and uh, they got by, and after wandering through the twisting tunnels for quite some time, they came upon a troop of... Forget like goblins? Well, the goblins are troglodytes, so it wasn't part of the goblins. It was goblins. goblins. Definitely goblins. Okay. And uh, we overheard them talking, and uh, the plot became clear somehow that Sferf Neblin uh, somehow had double crossed these gents and said that he would send someone out for them to like capture and kill. I think that's what it was. And they also had other people in there as well. Um, and I think we. Didn't we negotiate with them? And like, we got like, I think, I forget how exactly it went yeah. down. It's been a long time. There's some illusion in there. There were some illusions, thing. some double dealing, some double talking, uh, but eventually it came to a fight. Um, and uh, I think Delg was overcome briefly by the divine power of Morden, and a flash of radiant light came out and slew a great many of the, no- the goblins. 
Um, and uh, and then we discovered a a dwarf down there who had been wounded and captured. That's right. And at that point, we were like, uh, well, forget about what else is going on. We need to get this guy back. That's uh, right. And so, with their rescued dwarf in tow, they returned back to Mithril Hall. And, uh, and I forget how... That's I... where we're going to start. That's where we're going to start. Okay. So, one of the things they discovered were a couple treasures that they divided up, uh, including uh, a withered black hand. Uh, covered its knuckles covered in strange kind of uh, shiny chitin uh, its nails extended into these long twisted claws um, that feels strangely heavy when you hold it as if it were made out of stone instead of flesh but when you touch it it has the softness of old mummified flesh and Pubis had carried this back Pubis had negotiated That's right. with one of the goblins to uh, obtain this claw, it was it had, it had yet been uh, revealed that there was uh, that there was treachery afoot, and so to yeah, uh, we had just discovered these goblins, I think. No, I think actually it was it was actually it was that we overheard the treachery and dis- and, and and revealed right. revealed the treachery of, of Sverney saying to them, now that the jig is up, are we forced to kill you, or yeah. can some sort of accord oh, be yeah. struck? And we were able to we were able to negotiate the the surrender, the surrender of a few of these goblins who fared themselves weaker than the mighty warriors set before them, and uh, were able to claim this drider treasure without a single blow, without a single a single weapon. That's right, swung. the drider claw. That's the drider what it was. Claw. And then from there we entered further, seeking, thinking, thinking that there was more treasure yet to be found. And that uh, Sverney, for all of his evil machinations, may still have uh, have more to offer us. Um, upon which a, a hostage was found and and, and rescued, mm-hmm. much to the uh, much to, to his gratitude and to the general accolades upon returning uh, to uh, to Mithril yes. Hall. Yeah, this was this is a dwarf that we knew not much of, but was but was truly gr- uh, grateful <laughs> and uh, sang our praises to some degree. The Drider Claw. We will see. We are going to start. The September celebrations have been paused momentarily when uh, it is discovered that three dwarven youths, Drusten Delvinar, Delg Baldurk, and Pubis Stoneshap, have gone missing. Just as a search party is finally organized, the three youths make their appearance. Uh, a uh, uh, bloodied and bedraggled dwarf adult in tow. The adults converge on this, each taking their own directions. Medics are called. Drustin's uh, mom comes yelling and then crying and hugging and giving him kisses and spank him on the bottom in front of everyone. In front of, like, bare bottom. Like, not through the pants. Oh, like, wow. pulling it down. Rosie oh, over the knee. Yeah, down. yeah, and flap, then flap, flap. and then crying, being like, "Oh, my baby boy, my baby boy, I could never lose you, my baby boy." But don't you do it again? Yeah. Um, and as kind of the adults take it in different ways, uh, attention is pulled over to a corner where, uh, are, at this time, are you called? So, Mock. Full name Merrick Fohammer, Fo- his birth name. That is commonly known amongst 
all the dwarves, but hasn't gone by Merrick for some time. I mean, mm. his mother, his mother calls him Merrick. Oh, sure. Gretchen Fohammer. Hmm. We'll call him, we'll, we'll call him uh, Merrick at times, but everyone else knows him as Mock, due to the great success he's had as a jewel crafter and through the rise of his, of his business and his reputation. Um, even at this time, he is, he is, he is known as such. And, uh, and so there, there he stands off to the side. Has pulled Pubis to the side. Pubis wearing the armor of Mach. Uh, rather ill fitting. Um, and uh, the look on Mach's face at this time has drawn Delg Balder, from the responsible youth, and Uncle Falder, or Balder, and Uncle Falder. Yeah. Uh, over to kind of help intercede. So we're going to play out a short conversation. Okay. Kind of wrap up that adventure and, and bridge into this one. I'm honestly expecting two, three lines from each person maximum. Okay. Um, there is an end point to this that some of you might know. Um, and we're going to just kind of play it out. Uh... Understanding that you are are playing a young dwarf, a young dwarf, an uncle who doesn't want to get in trouble, and Mox. So let's start with the expression on Mox's face. What do the uh, these other dwarves see? Two or three lines, Kevin. That's just not possible. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. I'm just giving expectations. It's not going to be like a two-hour. Mock had been having a wonderful time carousing amongst family and friends at this most glorious of September, at the height of his fame and fortune a true burgeoning talent in the Dwarven community, and his rosy full cheeks and still mm, ample hair on top of his head reflected uh, a dwarf in full cheer. But as the truth and details of these most recent events come to life and as a uh, you know, clanky uh, pubis stone shaft garbed in oversized armor clearly belonging to his patron saunters up the uh, the accomplishments and, and and deeds deeds well done fall upon deaf ears and Mock's face goes into a dark glower. <clears throat> We're all here, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You guys yeah. have been drawn over by this like um, just this explosion. Well, I mean, yeah. What does Mock say? And and, and, and Mock. And Mach begins to lay into young Pubis. <laughs> Pubis, how many times do I have to tell you that what's yours is yours and mine is mine, and what you've got doesn't amount to more than dust scraps under your bed, and the rest is mine? And what's mine doesn't get used unless it's asked proper permission. Discipline, Pubis! That's the road to any sort of success in this business, and I've told you and your family that an umpteenth time. What are you doing marching off with me armor and, uh, and, and weaponry down into the depths of who knows where uh, below to, 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 to risk uh, loss of property? The chance, uh, chance for glory and, and, and gain, my gain becoming your gain, uh, uh, becoming glory for you. Uh, you know, what's, what's, what's gained by an apprentice for the, for the masters? Mm, just great. Yeah. As Pubis is waving his hands about and trying to explain this, he has let to, yet to let go of this black desecrated claw that's in his hand. It 
almost seems to absorb the light around it instead of reflecting it. So black is the uh, the desecration of it. And uh, Mock, who has a, a nose for such things, <gasps> sent great magic in this. Now, Del, you just kind of uh, guarded these youths on this adventure, and you've just overseen this. What is your reaction? Uncle, Uncle Mock, it's... It, hang on a moment. Yeah, it's a, I like Doug. Uncle, it's simple. It's I don't mean to don't mean to disrespect you or nothing, but but Pubis here, he did good work. Um he 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 managed to persuade some of the goblins to to disappear before we had to fight him. And uh we would have been a right tougher thing without him. He's I mean he may have done wrong, but he he's he's done good as well. Let's, you know, balance fairly. Ha. Young Del, you think that you've escaped the crosshairs, have you? For for good deeds well done? I've a mind to go talk to your father after I finish a few more cups of ales, and we'll see exactly how much time you'll be scrubbing the temple floor by the time this fourth and this September is over. He says, but... And his eyes drift towards the drider claw, he says. You speak of accomplishment. Well, let's have it. Make your case, you young whippersnappers. Now, walking over suddenly is Uncle Felderk. Now, I think of Uncle Felderk as the uncle from uh, the Nutcracker. Kind of mysterious, kind of quirky. But always, you know, if you... He gives you a gift, it's going to lead to an adventure. Like the chimney sweep, Mary Poppins. Yeah, Uncle Felderick, you see this, you, I mean, guilt has been gnawing at you for causing this issue. Some, some dwarf saw you talking to the youths, but not, you know, the fingers haven't quite been pointed at you yet. Uh, your friend, Severny, has vanished as soon as word got around that these kids had gone away. <laughs> um, and... Uh, you're kind of walking over here, but you as well see that drider claw, and whether you sense the magic or not, you recognize it as something worth further study. Uh, kind of enter the scene here. Well, you're, you're sure your children, your children, you made it back. Oh, it's uh, glad you're glad you're alright. Uh, you know, I, I only asked you to get my cargo, but if, I, uh, you know, you seem you've saved a dwarf and done all this other stuff that I've not asked you for. But, uh, you know, I just don't. Uh, it's up to you what you do in your free time. What are you uh, rambling on about, Falduk? Uh, what, what's this? Uh, is, uh, you're a pubis, uh, what is that you've got? It's um, fa- fairly won from uh, fantastic <laughs> negotiations. <clears throat> of course, aided by the amazing armor of my master, helped help convince that. The glory is his, of course, but the claw was certainly one fair in the uh, battle of wits. Well, I, I'm quite interested in that, in that, uh, that claw you've got there. I, I think it warrants further study. I, there, I know some swift nebling libraries that might appreciate that kind of thing. I'm, I'm sure they could, um, the, the, the fair, the fair thing would be them to be able to study it uh, upon some sort of visitation rights, um, <laughs> uh, while it is, of course, remains in my possession, fairly won from, from <clears throat> these, these, uh, these individuals we procured from. Let's discuss, let's, let's discuss this. We- uh, uh, Uncle Felder kind of puts his hand on Pubis's shoulder as if to guide him away from this conversation. Mock says, "What one minute there, Felder? 
What what do you have to do with these events here? Uh, uh, youngins, whoa, wh what sent you down these, this path there in the first place? And, and uh, why is Falduk over here looking at, uh, at Possessions 1? Well, it was... Begging your pardon, Uncle Uncle Mo. It's uh, that it was uh, Sverney, the the Swerf Neblin uh, gnome friend of Uncle Falderic's, and he he said they lost some cargo uh, coming up the path to Buffalo Hall in the subterranean passages, and uh, so you know if we could recover it, wasn't too far away, then great great treasures to be had. It seemed like an adventure without too much risk and. And, uh, you know, only good things to be done. And, and, you know, getting materials back. I mean, it was Fernie giving us the task. I don't... I forget, actually. Were you... Did, did you know we were going down there, Uncle Valder? I, I don't remember. I just asked... It was a simple mission. Tried to find a cargo. I mean, also I just want to say friend. It's kind of a strong word. Oh, <laughs> well... He's a sausage. That's nothing. Mark crosses his thick muscled arms over his barrel chest and looks at Falderk, he says, Falderk, he says, what is this sending children off to missions in the in the, in the caverns outside of Mithril Hall? And who is this Sverney friend of yours? For you know well and good I've put two good years into pubis stone shaft and not that I've reaped much from it to this point, but I'll put a few more and we'll bring them up to standard, he says. So, Sending uh, sending my nephews and my apprentices off into the into who knows what is uh, is not any is not any uh, any sensible plan in my eyes. <laughs> I was I'm sorry. an associate. He was an associate of mine. I, and um, it, it was uh, supposed to be a simple mission, just to fe uh, fetch you know, just to fetch something for me. But uh, what happened between Zverney and I, I'm not sure. I, he, of course. He's not here to speak for himself, but I can only assume that he may have, uh, whatever it was, was his fault. Right, I mean, we can't have done all bad. We we, we rescued, uh, I hadn't actually got the fellow's name yet, but the dwarf who was captured by the goblins and, and, and Moradin came to our aid. There was a, a hide in my father's shield, there was a, a deradiant flash, I need to... You still need to talk to him about that, but that's going to be an uncomfortable conversation. But yeah, surely it can't be all bad if 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 we've you know rescued a dwarf and and, and Morden's helped us. And well, who knows where we Drustens wandered off to? But the way I see it, they're each, they're each to their own. Oh, I there he is. His mother's spanking him for all to see. I'm sorry, Mama. I'm sorry, Mama. <laughs> Mister has got her hands full. You know your father will have words. Aye. You need to be looking after Sverney. And while this apprentice of mine, it seems that there's a debt to be paid for liberties taken. But it appears that those debts may be paid after all. Gesturing towards the uh, the drider cloud, he says, he says, so, Baldrick, unless there's any more pressing business, it's, it's each hand to their own rope, and we'll see you very shortly for dinner tonight. <laughs> How does Pubis respond to that? <clears throat> what would be... What, <clears throat> trying to keep a... Uh, Luke voice is a hell of a tall order. <laughs> the man has range. Um, uh, uh, just, just imagine you're, you're a pitiful, mewling worm creature. Um, 
Uh, <laughs> now he's playing a character. <laughs> Sorry, Luke. I love um, you. Uh, <clears throat> just uh, what, what would be more valuable to, to such uh, an accomplished uh, master as yourself as uh, the, the um, <clears throat> unending dedication of an apprentice who could, who could work for, uh, for the foreseeable future and, and promise to be uh, twice as valuable uh, as, uh, as he was previously. That seemed like the real, the real benefit uh, from you. I, I, I envy your position, actually. I feel like that you really, you really have struck gold in, uh, in the dedication that you're about to receive for these oncoming years. Absolutely, young Pumas. You seem to clear, see things clearly in that I am the one who will decide what will happen here, and uh, we will have some time to discuss that uh, before dinner tonight. No, uh, let's return to our chambers and get that armor and, and oh, what is it, a mason? Decent choice. Back in the chest where it belongs. We see Mach and Pubis walking back towards the chambers. Pubis's hand tightens on the claw as if Physically, he knows he will not be holding it long. Hmm. I say that, yes. We cut to Waterdeep. <sighs> We're going to be switching characters here now. You've each prepared a thief. Now, these thieves have resided in Waterdeep for a long time. And they, in fact, are... Uh, they've worked together in the past. Not necessarily part of one gang. But they'd be familiar if they were put, pulled together into a sudden team by circumstances. They would know each other by sight. Uh, maybe they've worked together in the past or not. Uh, what we're going to do is... Oh, and I can collect your little motivation cards here. What we're... Yeah, what we're going to do... You want to pick up a couple got some cards real quick. Oh, I've got these cards here. Oh, lovely. Well, just for yes. note-taking purposes. Yeah. What we're going to do is we're going to do a, a fiasco style one sentence describing where your character is and what they're doing when an anonymous courier delivers a sealed scroll, a small sealed scroll with a message on it. Not necessarily reading the message, but what do we see your character doing? What does the camera see your character doing when this random courier comes up and says, you know, Buckley, message for you. You know, something like that. So kind of think about that. Well, I think that works. As the camera flies through the busy water deep streets. The world turns. Now, in terms of timing of our campaign, this is how many years from our present time in our campaign? This is roughly 40 years. This is, uh, yeah, it's roughly 40 years. So about 10 years after the September. Okay. 40 years before our campaign starts. So who's got an idea of what their character is doing? And you can, this is the camera's first view of your character, too. As a quick, just a quick aside. Uh, Hail! Hail to the Booze Master! Long may he live, short may he reign! Long may he use the Sean Connery accent. Mm. That was some, some quality conring. Oh, that, that was, was great. It came out of left field and it struck me as I know, a, really. a beautiful dwarven Ted I was, that I would like to get to know more. I was, I was back on my heels. <laughs> I, I really. You did great. You guys did great. Really wonderful. Um, uh, so, the what camera, does the camera see? Camera and then sees, you can say this is um, a uh, towering half orc uh, holding a, uh, a frightened looking gnome 
uh, and shaking him and saying, Boss wants his money! You gotta get the boss's money! You gotta get the boss's money! He wants it! Uh, as a, um, a physical human? Yeah, courier. Just career. a totally anonymous uh, looking person. Um, okay, uh, uh, a little halfling comes up and uh, tugs on the sleeve and, uh, and says, Hey, Buckley! <laughs> you got a letter! Got a message for you! Got a message! Great. Who's next? Uh, in the scene of an exotic animal menagerie, <laughs> a, uh, a half-elf, um, haggling with what looks to be a, a keeper of an animal, so it's the effect of, uh, I'm sorry, but, but 800 gold is the absolute that Lord Mortimer von Fleventhal would ever pay for a panther of this quality. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. As the panther suddenly uh, snarls as a scared courier coming up behind you saying, oh, ex- Excuse me, sir, I have a, a message for you, handing him a scroll. What? What is this? I deal with this momentarily. <laughs> um, you cut to a uh, very small, dark haired gnome. Uh, he's a little bald on top, a little, uh, you know. Uh, a little on the chubby side, and he's, uh, but you can tell he's a, a very well-studied person because he has these uh, eyes that kind of like squint and you know study things. Uh, but he's in a, his locksmith's workshop, kind of just uh, tinkering around. Like it's full of different types of safes, and um, you see him uh, kind of assembling a lock and different types of tumblers, and uh, he's using you know, but moving things with his hands like. Uh, uh, Casting spells magically, to, like magically, yeah. Nice. So. And uh, yeah, uh, his uh, <laughs> his girlfriend comes in. <laughs> also a gnome. And also a gnome. Go ahead and say your letter. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> I love Waterdeep is basically Boston. <laughs> basically. <laughs> hey ma. <laughs> hey. There's a letter for you out in the yard. <laughs> I'm busy. All right, excellent. Lemon stuff. Worcester. In the seedier part of a rundown uh, neighborhood, in the back of an alley, some, uh, some clandestine, uh, I should say, purveyors of relaxation have set up a small den of, of, of tents uh, pitched low with some comfortable cushions you know scattered with uh, scattered amongst them and on one of these uh, these makeshift low couches we find a, a small deep gnome with a long face uh, and a strong jaw splayed out amongst the the, the, the the rancid pillows puffing on a on a, a highly polished and very weathered ivory pipe filled with red root a sensational opiate that is just that is just taking the uh the uh the the i would say the uh the more the more uh impoverished parts of waterdeep by storm and he sits there high as a kite enjoying his uh, his respite after what uh, what has been a fairly profitable week of of uh of devilry and uh he sits there puffing slowly on the red root Letting wisps of smoke kind of rise up between the buildings of the alley, and pulls out a uh, a, a a small set of uh, pan pipes, blowing a few notes and singing, Faldri, 
Faldra with my knapsack and my jacks. And then he falls back asleep. <laughs> when he wakes up to find a small scroll upon his chest. Where? Bloody hell! In a director getting a little artistic and cutting the frame into four, each character opens up the scroll to find a very simple sentence that says, We'll pay 1,000 gold for a job well done. Come to Gondolins at sundown. Bye. We cut I'll to Gondolins. That's could solve my problems with that panther. Think of that red ridge available. It's gotta be fake. <laughs> Not if the characters show up. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this, I'm getting high. Yeah. <laughs> we cut to Gondolins. A high-end pub in the fine business district of Waterdeep. Not the kind of place your characters would normally show up. So out of place are most of them, perhaps... Theodore's just by his diction sounds like he fits in a bit better. He, he's been others. known to, you know, be around. Yeah. Uh, but for the rest of you, so out of place are you here that the bartender just nods or kind of shakes his head at a staircase. Uh, you walk up to a private room overlooking the street and a dwarf standing at the window. He doesn't even greet any of you as you come in. This dwarf so, uh, still a young dwarf, maybe just around adulthood, adulthood, already edging towards obese, fleshy, pale, hair set gels, hair oiled and curled down his shoulders, fingers heavy with rings and jewels, wearing what he might consider a more subtle tunic, but still far finer than you've seen anyone else wearing, in, uh, even in a high-end place like Gondolins. And as you come in and recognize each other, kind of nodding, you know, how you doing, all that. Buckley. <laughs> we'll let you out of your objects. Mm. Been a while, ratting. <laughs> it's good to see you. You all chums again. <laughs> Looking forward to this thing. Good to be, good to be working with, with a real crew for once. I don't know about this job. Who wants a hit before we do this thing? Let <laughs> the cat settle down around a table. Finally, the dwarf turns. Young face, full beard but oiled. You know, small jewels puts in it. It's a, a style, if any of you know dwarves, is usually common in older dwarves with more experience. Mm. Do this as a young man. It's a little, you know... Presumptuous. Presumptuous. Mm. And he turns and he says... Apologies, my friend. I, I was uh, lost in a memory. <sighs> he shakes his head. He says, "Across the throat." Oh, I'm gonna switch to some onerous music here. Sometimes I have memories too. <laughs> I love our voices, guys. They're just getting crazier and crazier. <laughs> Not frequently, but you know. You guys do too. You guys, you guys know. I think sometimes. I love it too. Sometimes I picture Rad Nolte's, like George Costanza, or like 
Manhole Genesis is a great name, by the way. Old Toast. Oh, it is Old Toast. I assumed I misheard that. Old Toast. Your patron speaks. My name is Pubis Stoneshaft. Soon to be, and he like touches a ring on his hand, Master Stoneshaft. Across the thoroughfare, gentlemen, you will find Hawk's Regalia, a Smithian jeweler owned by my current master, Mock. You may be impressed by the stonework, by the dwarven tiles of the door, by the stained glass window. Do not be! The entire building is a sham! An empty facade! The colorful skin of a rotted apple. For Mach has built his wealth not by jeweled hilts and gilded brooches, but through provenance in the black market. Yes! The black market. Be not so surprised, gentlemen. I mean, it's a nice place to buy things. <laughs> it is mere happenstance, my friend. The big brute holds such sway in the buying and selling of illegal goods for it is not Mach's only guile. And will that guide sellers to him? Rather, he possesses a singular item. An artifact of the Underdark that draws the black market to him as a flame draws moths. It is an artifact I want for myself, and I'm willing to pay handsomely for it. He strokes his oiled beard. Mm. Tell us more, pubis. <laughs> I've seen moths. I'm just getting like the Lenny vibe. <laughs> you want to then go to start up a rabbit farm? Can't you see them, Jacks? All over the, all over the hill. Ah, uh, uh, it is a hand, a black drider's hand, desecrated and mummified. When I found it long ago, and oh, it was I, purely I, who found it. Not that pumped up uh, uh, cloud of hot gas. Master Mock, Master Bohammer. Uh, face turns red. Excuse me, he pulls out a uh, monogrammed, perfumed handkerchief and mops his brow and then throws it into the fire. When I, when I first discovered the hand, I thought it a simple drider's claw, some desecrated dried limb of an underground aberration. I have since learned more. Those who control the black hand of Veyron control the black market. How, how does that work? Ah, the hand reaches into the minds of those who have ill-gotten goods to sell. And they are drawn to the hand. And he who possesses it and has spent an hour attuning to it. <laughs> but, gentlemen, let your minds not wander there. It takes a man of singular personality and power to possess the hand. He would not know what to do with it. But if you bring it to me, I shall pay each of you a sum of a thousand gold, more than you have perhaps possessed in your simple lives. 
Wowza. I've seen more than that. But it hasn't lasted long. That red root. Whoo! I know how to find the best spots. You boys want to have a good party after this is done and cracked. We'll be sailing for weeks. There must be some hand there. What is it? What's so special about it? I mean, those, I mean black market stuff, yeah, but uh, I mean, you know, is, is that, uh, how do you know about this hand? What is it? Uh, why is it so important to you besides, you know? So I, I get the feeling there's something more to this. He looks at the window and he that September, I'll never forget. Ah, I just simply want the control that Mark has now over the black market. And it would be good to have a friend who controls the black market of Waterdeep. <laughs> it would be good to have a friend who controls the black market of Waterdeep. <laughs> Talking about uh, further employment there, Pubis? Uh, An ongoing arrangement? If it that is, goes fast. If it is a job well done, then uh, I see no reason our contract could not continue. It says now... Uh, Mock Master often works late into the night or has his employees working late into the night. Hmm. But in the three nights, there was a ceremony celebrating the masters of various guilds. And Mock and I will be in attendance from eight bells to midnight. The shop will be empty, they'll have the perfect alibi. This will be your time to steal the hand. It is in a back room of the Hawks Regalia, hidden behind a portrait of a pompous old fellow named by the name of Patrick Amberhelm. A real nobody. <laughs> behind it, Patrick. Banish all that. I do not want his name spoken here. <laughs> Behind that portrait, you'll find a locked black case. Within that case, the hand. What say you, gentlemen? So, uh, we got three fingers and one thumb hours to get a box? You got it, Buckley. Do you have any, uh, like, requirements as to how the job is supposed to be done? You want this framed on somebody? You want this just smashed and grabbed? Your no evidence. You want it like cat burglars. I just want to make sure we're on the same page here, because, uh... Jack's pulled out a knife. He says, how clean do we want it? Your methods do not concern me. All I care about is that it is not brought back to me. This is why I cannot tell you about too much of the defenses Mark has built up. Only that there are various locks and traps and such you'll have to get through. Now, one thing I can tell you, and he brings you over to the window and points, there are two guards standing at the door. By the way, you see Hawks Regalia. It's in a row of buildings. Gondolins is just across, and this is uh, a fine uh, business district. So the streets are, are good. Broad. Yeah, broad, good cobblestone to walk upon, not muddy. Uh, it's in a, a series of buildings. Uh, you see it is a, a very nice facade. A stone building, tiled roof, uh, a few steps leading up to it. Uh, there is... Uh, th the thing that your eyes are drawn most to is a large, round, stained glass window. Uh, rimmed in polished silver, depicting dwarven craftsmen laboring at the anvil and work desk. 
cut quartz and other and a few other common minerals are tiled into a door frame. And there are uh, other finely crafted buildings around. To one side is Ob- Orsaba's Fine Imports, which is decorated in wooden filigree carved into the likes of mythical creatures. To the other side, a shrine to Gond, god of knowledge, craft, and innovation, which houses a water clock, an intriguing invention, mm. that chimes a light chime every ten minutes, a bell every half hour, and a gong at every hour. Mm. Uh, that is such a marvelous invention that people have turned it basically into a shrine of this god and bring offerings, which some of you might know just from being in Waterdeep or used for maintenance of the clock and other things like that. But he points to two guards standing outside the door. He says, uh, even at sundown right now, the street is rather busy with just people heading home, last-minute shopping, uh, merchants closing up their shops and going to dinner at some of the fine restaurants around. Um, and he says, uh, for the next hour, from eight to nine, there are often people walking about, but by nine, and full dark, it is a sparsely populated street. There are two guards who stand out during that hour from eight to nine. They're replaced by a single guard from nine till the early morning. However, the businesses here have uh, gathered together their monies to pay for uh, a knight, uh, a group of knights of Gond who, uh, who patrol it, who patrol the shrine, and they've paid them to patrol the streets as well. The Knight of Gond passes about every 20 minutes. Be warned, they are formidable guards. He says, you will have three days to prepare. Then, at sunup following the heist, I shall meet you back in this room. Have the hand with you, and it shall be a thousand gold for each of you. Is this an agreement, gentlemen? Aye, aye, sir. Let's get after it. It's your gold. Sounds like a great idea. I'm totally in. So, uh, yeah. We are going to cut to three days from now. Now, here's the deal. I didn't want to waste a lot of time saying what your characters have done, so we're going Ocean's Eleven style. You get, you get a... eight more people. Yeah. <laughs> you get Let's a... Let's create some characters. Up and voices. I'm going to use voice. dragon voice. Everyone needs... Uh, you get a flashback card for each of your characters. <gasps> to use this card, we it in half. Then, so we're going to flash back over the last three days. And we'll have a short scene in which your character has done something to prepare for this. Uh, it could be, you know, bribing, foraging, observing... It could even have to do with going into the shop, interacting with Mock himself. It's up to you. Now, if another character wants to enter that flashback, they also have to use a flashback card. Mm. But here's the deal. This is my flashback. Depending on your character's intelligence scores, there's going to be some flashback cards for the table. So I'm going to come around to each of you. I want to know what your character's intelligence bonus is. Mm. Oh, man. Let's start... With a rat in. Are we gonna lose some? Are we gonna lose some? It's Justin. We have now your knowledge about all other things. What's Ratten's intelligence bonus? Plus three? So that means there's three table 
flashback oh, cards. Fantastic. What is Buckley's intelligence bonus? Minus one. Get the Take away one of Buckley. those. You better have biceps. How about Theodorus? Zero. And how about Jax? Three. Three? Oh! Nice. Gotcha. Trace. So that means there are five extra flashback cards. These can be used to enter scenes, but they can't be used to create new flashbacks. You only get one flashback per character, but another character can enter that flashback by using one of these. So if Ratna is going over, oh yeah, I had observed all night, you know, one of the nights before, Buckley was there too by using one of these. Okay? Does that make sense? There's four flashbacks. Is there flashback. any reason not to combine them all, or should we make sure to hold on to one? You probably want to hold on to yours okay. and use these to enter into other people's flashbacks. That makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and that represents your character's guile and planning ahead. It's like interaction. Yeah. Um, quick question. What class is everybody? Uh, wizard. You're a wizard. Okay. I'm a bard. Thief. So, like, rogue? Uh, yeah, rogue. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm a thief. Bard. Nice. You have that high intelligence for a bard? Yeah, I'm a deep gnome. Plus two to inch. Ooh. Oh. It's, six, it's just 16, yeah. Okay. That's also, good. Red, that's red Root. He's, he's been telling people Red Root focuses the mind. No one believes him. He's but. on Adderall this yeah. entire time. <laughs> <laughs> red Root, man, I'm trying to tell you. It's just eating away the pocketbook. A thousand is good for like. Maybe three. Like, it could be, could be, could be a week. It's good for you. I need that contract. Fuck. We gotta knock this out of the park, guys. So the Go only thing we have to decide now is what time do you want to be out there? Do you want to be out there right at eight o'clock? Do you want to be out there now? Of course, he wanted you there during the ceremony. This is a planning question and so. related to our abilities and. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Jax is not the brute that uh, good man Buckley over here. When he gets his way in, especially given you know the purple skin, he's got to he's got to be a little creative, get slipping slipping in between the cracks. So I'm thinking I, you know, maybe disguise myself like one of these one of these uh, guards. After all, Buckley, you know, gives him the tweak, and then and then once uh, goes from two guards to one. Hey, you take the night off early. I know you got the wife and kids. I'll sit here and lock the shop down. After you, boys. So I just want to know before you before you make plans and go in flashbacks and all that. What time are you guys starting this? Eight o'clock when there's two guards and the streets a little busy. Nine o'clock when the streets quieter and there's a changing of guards. Do the guards little... patrol or are they just? So there's two guards that stand there and one guard that patrols every twenty minutes. How many entrances to the building? I think we should all you know about the West. a plan and then choose the ones we like or combine them. That's usually works pretty well for us as a group and. Jax's suggestion is he uses a disguise spell and he impersonates one of the guards at 8 o'clock and at 9 o'clock he convinces people to be the only guard left. Do you guys have any objections against starting at 8 o'clock? Uh, or do you have other plans? I, I, think, I think some other plans to, no. to compete is not a bad idea. Yeah, the risk, the risk of... Uh, the alternative of that would be somehow maybe waylay the guy who was replacing. Uh, yeah, that would be a flashback. This stuff is flashback. I want to know uh, what oh, time we're starting our scene at. So, What's the question of whether we start at 9 or the change? Yeah. Like, right. So is you it, are basically working on a start. Is it 2 being replaced by 1 two or being 1 of the 2 leaving? 2 being replaced by 1. 2 They've being replaced by 1. Okay. Gotcha. The, there's an issue of replacing yeah. the 2 guards like like knocking them out and, and then when you know then just saying okay now there's just one who's disguised. Um, the issue is if it's a, if it's crowded streets 
and two guys, the odds of us taking. Let me just throw it by. Like, so are we? Should we not strategize? Should we just I would say don't two? strategize. Yeah. Anyway. So we should. Uh, are we here's the deal. We're going to start with you, basically in the shadows across the street, observing. Okay. And other prep you've done before that, waylaying the guard. Uh, it seems like the changing the of the guard seems like, that. like yeah, it has opportunity. Yeah, I think we should just start at eight. Okay, like, let's just start at eight just for ease. Is the and then we just, can dig around yeah. for an hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, sure. Yeah. The so shrine to God. <laughs> rings the gong. Gong. Saturday, get high for an hour. Gong. Showing its eight bells. You have four hours. Complete this mission. Or at least four hours until the Guildmaster ceremony ends. Three fingers and one thumb hours. <laughs> we are starting. You are in the shadow of gondolins across the street in the alleyway where they had dumped their old foods for the wild dogs to eat. <laughs> it has been three days. Your characters have been doing prep work, have been maybe observing, have been doing that kind of stuff. But we start with you across the street. Now, Pubis did not give you any more information unless you flash back to it and force him to because he didn't want it seeming like an inside job. Okay. Uh, I think, you know, a flashback to casing the joint, figuring out what traps are, on, are, are where on the outside is worthwhile. I think like, a, like a, a, an overtake the guard uh, would would help us get in the door, but then that means one guy's outside for however long. One, uh, taking care of the one guard, uh, Buckley is confident that he could deal with one guard on empty streets. Yeah. No problem. If it's two guards on crowded streets, that's just... I am going to stop you guys here yes. and say, if you're talking about this, talk about it in okay. character voices. I can, I can bash one head pretty easy. Two heads, it gets loud because they clump together. Jax rolls over on his his uh, <coughs> low rancid couch as he continues to smoke more red weed, red root, and he says, "Buckley, I know you're good for the muscle work here, and you know that those guys are gonna believe in be believing whatever I want them to believe about who's showing up to to, to cover the shift. The question is, once we get inside there." Am I gonna be posted up there there in the whole heist? Or do I skinny out of there after those after those uh those knights of gone come by and lend some more more uh more weight to the uh to the action? Well he says they come around every twenty minutes. Every twenty minutes is when they come around. So I mean I think it'd be best if we have somebody out there when they come around. I don't know how long it's gonna take when we get inside. I mean, we got some safe cracking to do, it sounds like. That's right. all I'm good for. I don't like the idea. I don't like the idea of you just waiting outside the whole time because things could definitely go sideways. <laughs> I'm but a man of talent. Maybe peeking out every 20 minutes? That's not a bad idea. Yeah, keep some eyes on it. What about you? What about you, Ratten? You got some you got some tricks up your sleeve? I seen you uh weave a spell or two in your day. Yeah, it's usually uh, you know, for people who don't have keys. You know, uh, if you want me to open something, I can open it for you. I, I can weave a spell. A punching spell! <laughs> Look, we're going to need to get in that door one way or the other after the guard's set up. So I'm thinking my disguise buys us the time for a rat to to work his, uh, work his magic. Uh, question is, 
Question is, once once we get in there, what's this place gonna be like? I mean, Pubis and all his uh, his planning really was doesn't want it to come down on him, and I get that. But come down on my neck either? That don't sound right. How are we gonna get to know what's what's happening in there? Um, Theodorus. Should we uh, flashback? Um, so here's a question. Mechanically. Spell slots and this three-day interval thing. Can I use spells during a flashback? Yes. And will that be, be refreshed? Long rested in between. Absolutely. Excellent. Um, get a back. Ooh, <clears throat> gotta tear it up. <laughs> when are we flashing back to? Uh the next day. Oh, <laughs> excuse me, excuse me. Flash forward. The day after. Oh, I went the wrong no, way. No, 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 no. Yeah, the we're going day uh, three of three. Day day one of of yeah. the three days. So the day after pubis. <laughs> yeah, that day. So you're flashing back the computer. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. When, when, when did we start? Yeah, yeah. So when was, was that conversation? It was Cubis <laughs> at Sunday. Said, we're in the shadows across Cubis the at Sunday. Like, our conversation is happening literally like minutes, like while the heist cl- clock has already begun. Yeah. So like all this talking two. has taken No, 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 no. Minutes, you guys got it. And it's now 8.05. Okay, what, here we go. Here's Cubis that night. One, two, three. You guys are right here in the evening of the third day. So you're flashing back to day one of prep. Yeah. Correct. Um, Theodorus, dressed in whatever finery he's managed to scavenge. Uh, velvet cloaks and silk handkerchiefs and whatnot. Uh, just, you know, looking in all his finery. You can just type it into the chat. Walks in the front door of the shop. During its business hours. What's he seeing? He sees, he enters first. Let me draw it. Uh, but do you want to find character minis, actually? Oh, character minis, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, Here, I'll hand these over to you. Yep, I I'll tell you, during your role playing. No, I need to go here. Okay. <clears throat> he walks through the front door and he sees a very Spartan minimalist display room. Mm-hmm. Uh, broad stone tiled floors. Uh, walls of just like uh, bare stone blocks supported by very few wooden beams or joints hmm. um, or joists uh, with maybe like a, a splash of like a, a red uh, like cloth banner not decorated at all but just enough to draw attention to kind of the minimalist detail around there is a marble uh, counter going around most of the room kind of a U shape with very few extremely finely crafted items. A dagger with a beautifully silvered handle and jewels on it, or neatly curved. Uh, a, uh, actually, what other jeweled items are being displayed here? Who has an idea? Uh, jewelry, obviously. So mm-hmm. like rings, bracelets, anklets, Necklets, headlets, earlets. So many lits. A lot of, lot of lits going on here. All encrusted with various gems like black onyxes and 
other various valuable gems of the 50 gold variety. There, um, there are also a few cabinets. Very simple wooden cabinets with glass fronts. If there are decorations, you think that if you look closely at these cabinets, you might see finely carved rooms and decorations on the sides. But within, you see the glimmer of other items. You're surprised, actually, that there are not more items out here. There is... Uh, I'm going to... Now... You come in, and there is an old dwarf. Gray to white hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, large beak-like nose. Um, barely any hair pulled back into kind of a uh, tightly braided ponytail. Um, hands with kind of silver and moonstone rings on them to show kind of wealth and taste, but also kind of a minimalist taste. Hmm. And he stands overlooking some just records at the counter, and he looks up over his half-moon glasses, and he says, uh, uh, Yes. Um... Young, or uh, uh, compared to an old dwarf, very he's, young. Man. Yes, young. He's, he's a half elf, and he's not a how not is, an old half. How elf. is Theodorus dressed right now? Um, he is dressed as uh, as as a person of of mm, like a well dressed servant of a wealthy individual. Mm. A ward. Yeah. Yes, young man. Are you here on behalf of your master? Yes, I am here on behalf of the noble Lord Franz Hoffenkopf. And uh, uh, he is interested in buying certain pieces uh, that are uh, to woo a lady friend of his. Um, would you uh, have anything of the uh, quartz, is it rose quartz variety? I hear it's a favorite stone of some, you know, sentimental uh, persuasion. Make a deception check. This is going to be pretty easy because you are putting on the air to someone who would normally come in here, so it's just going to be a six. Fantastic. Uh, my bonus is a seven. So Wonderful. Yes. Roll anyway. Critical, critical successes and failures. Oh, oh, oh. Very nice. Perfect. Usually not on skills, but we'll see. Um... Oh, yes, and, you know, uh, I think I might have something. Uh, Mock Master, as you know, uh, really does not sell to just anyone who comes in, but perhaps I could show you some samples, and then we could make an arrangement with your master to come in for a meeting, look over some goods, and uh, make a commission. I think that would suit my master very well. Uh... Now, you're trying to look around I'm trying for... to get information and see what's going on, um, just at this kind of first initial stage. So, um, immediately what you notice is... What, you tell me what I see in the front room. What's yeah. this outside area when look like? When you came through the door, there was a large bell that rang overhead as soon as the door opened. Okay. Um, it sounds loud enough that someone outside, or even on the street, if it was silent, could hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, a very simple... You can see this very simple stone... Uh, marble counter. Mm-hmm. Um, not too high up because the dwarf is standing behind it. Sure. And then there are a few simple, like, beechwood cabinets. Very lightly colored, almost mm-hmm. a gray wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, actually, uh, so the the old man turns around and takes out a, a key, uh, not like on a big jingly key ring or anything, 
and he unlocks one of the cabinet doors and pulls out some jewelry, locks it again, and puts it down. It's wrapped up in nice cloth, and he unwraps the black velvet cloth. Jewelry sparkles on mm-hmm. it. And he starts talking about it. You're not really paying attention to what he's saying. Oh, but yes, are... finest quality, finest quality. Yeah, so, yes. My master will be very pleased. I think this is just what he's looking for. The other two things of note are there are uh, two... Uh, suits of armor on kind of uh, set up on, you know, dummies. Kind of set up in the corners. Mm-hmm. On stands. Actually, not on a dummy, but on a stand. Um, one of them is old and rusted. And one of them is restory. Uh, sparkles in the light that comes through the stained glass window, which is this big round stained glass window here. Sorry, what race are you? Half elf. And there are other windows that are kind of like, you know, at a, like a church, there's those really thin, tall windows mm, with okay. thick glass, obviously not. Almost like arrow slits kind of a thing. Yeah, just like six inches wide. Um, and those are kind of around the outside, two on each side that let in enough light that the whole thing is kind of cast in the, uh, this crossing lights. Um, there you can do. Oh, there we go. Uh... So what, oh, and the last thing is there is, on the back wall, there's an arch doorway that leads into a hall that you can kind of see through. Okay. Um, so these are cabinets? Cabinets. Cabinets. There's the front door, stained uh-huh. glass window, small thin windows, and the marble counter. Hmm. And outside there are a few steps leading up to this. Hmm. So that's what you can tell without any kinds of checks. Does okay. your character want to look for anything specific? Um, my character would like to use the restroom. <laughs> <laughs> these are your uh, choices for. Oh, these are my choices. Oh, these are my choices. Uh, uh, I mean, one of them is a good Yankee, but his coat is so fine. He's got an awesome coat. We're going with the awesome coat. Yes. Nice. I'm so glad. You have to say that in character, Sam. You have to use the restroom. Mm. I do find myself in need of the use of your facilities, if you would be so willing. He shakes his head. He says, unfortunately, uh, our facilities are only for the workers here. Uh, I believe across the street you should find gondolins. They should have um, some... Uh, a most accommodating ship. most accommodating ship <laughs> for you. And he kind of uh, turns and, like, sardonically raises my eyebrow like, servants these days. Are you going to try to persuade him further? Mm. Do you want someone to show up and help you? Hey! He's out wants to use the bathroom! Wait, did you actually I have mean, to go to the bathroom? No, I don't, I don't, I don't actually have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> um, I mean, I can, uh... uh I, will, I will roll up with my disguise so self. Don't use that one, use the middle ones. One of these. Uh, roll up with my disguise self. Tell me, young Theodorus, what does your master look like? Uh, my master... I mean, it's a fictional creation, so... <laughs> What? <laughs> Not real. I mean, uh, a nobleman of uh, Waterdeep. Not so noble as to be anyone that anyone would recognize his name right away. Mm. Perhaps a noble from a, a foreign land, but recently a custom arrived to Waterdeep and uh, looking to make his place in the world. I see. Uh, an, uh, an upstart. Somebody who maybe would be keen to break through social barriers for... He has no time but the present. Hmm. Said gentleman. Mm-hmm. Human. And it's just through disguise self. Extremely 
extremely handsome. In fact, <laughs> so much so that it's a little bit easy to overlook the uh, mm, slightly outdated needlework on his fine, uh, his fine, uh, man, what's the, uh, the word brocade. Brocade. vest brocade thank you <laughs> thank you and uh and and overcoats but he he strolls in and he says uh what, what name did you give uh i didn't <laughs> he says uh young uh Brambus. Brambus, where are you oh. my lord i was not expecting to see you here Brambus. What is the hang-up here? We need to conclude these negotiations post-haste for my love, her her beauty, and uh, my uh, rage is deep in my loins. And I, I think we may have found something here that might suit our tastes, sir. The samples that this fine gentleman has uh, been showing me uh, uh, do uh, seem like it might be that. How he says they only make commissioned pieces. These are for display only. Is that... Am I understanding correctly, sir? Yes, yes. It is uh, so kind to meet you, uh, Lord Flinda Hammermeyer. Um. <laughs> promise, promise. Yes, but uh, what is the what is the holdup here? Did I hear some uh, some sort of delay to gondolas? We have no time for this. We must proceed. And you know, I am not a party to any sort of negotiations with this. Please continue, sir. If I may advise, uh, a servant who makes frequent stops at an inn. It's not one to invest in. You know, my brother-in-law, he runs uh, a house where they train uh, dwarven servants, mm. uh, gnomish servants. Have you thought of one such as them? Promise, I will have to have you inquire as to this, the, the, the uh, strength and the capabilities of the servants. Perhaps finding your own replacement will be your greatest accomplishment yet. He says, but in the meantime, in the meantime, uh, sirs, sirs, your, your name, uh, uh, I must insist that the that the facilities of this house are available to promise to conclude our negotiations. We have, and he looks extremely grave and serious, we have a very full afternoon schedule. He takes a deep breath. Yes, sir. Very well, then. Uh, there you have. Promise you've heard post-haste. Without further delay, you must conclude these negotiations on my behalf. Even though I am here clearly able to do these on I, I know your way, sir, uh, and they are... I will retire. I will retire from this conversation. He turns and he says, Pubis. Pubis. Oh, I need you up here. And uh, you see Pubis Stoneshaft come through. Dressed a little uh, less eloquently than he was before. In fact, he is in a um, uh, a mason's vest or a a smithy's leather vest. Though it is, uh, you notice, marked with any kinds of... uh, Ash or, uh-huh. or suit, huh. um, and he has on uh, some of these gloves, which almost seem to shine uh, <laughs> without use. And he comes around the corner and says, uh, "Enough, enough, old Mooney. I was uh, working on my jewelry." And then he sees you guys and pauses for a moment. And goes, "My jewelry," and uh, he takes off the gloves and folds them carefully and puts them in a pocket. He says, uh, "What, what are these gentlemen doing?" And uh, he says, I'm going to lead them down to uh, the uh, private room. The water closet. The water closet. Uh, Would you watch the shop in my absence? He says, no, no, remember, I am quite observant, and I will know if anything... uh, Mooney, 
Concerts, please stay with me and discuss these other wares that are catching my eyes, for I see some most exquisite egg work here. Make a persuasion check. Absolutely. That's a 13 plus 2. Call it a 15. Ah, he sighs. Very well then. Pubis, would you lead this servant down into the water closet? I shall follow later and make sure nothing has been misplaced. And he gives this half-elf a look. I... I will make sure that no one disturbs your shop, sir. Yes, yes, thank you. On my honor. Pubis whines. He goes, I want to work on my jewelry, Mooney. I guess I'll waste a little bit of time on this, but if Mockmaster found out that his star apprentice had to waste his time, he'll ring your ears. And old Mooney says, I'm so glad to see that. Uh, Pubis leads you through this doorway. Um, and through the open door, you see a back hallway. There are more shelves here. It seems like the items that they rotate out of display are mm-hmm. stored back here. Locked cabinets and a few items like lanterns, brooms, things that you would just need for the storefront. Mm-hmm. Maybe not an area where you would lead others. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a few doors. There is a finely carved wooden door that shows kind of like the the tile door at the front that shows various uh, dwarves at work. Mm -hmm. And then there is a thick wooden door with metal um, studs in it. Okay. Um, Pubis leads you to this thick metal door and he whispers to you. Here's the Pubis. What the hell are you thinking? <laughs> Sir, I mean only to use the bathroom. If you could point me in the direction. He opens uh, this thick door and you feel warm air entering the room. Behind this thick door is a workshop. Let me describe the workshop to you. Uh... You see, this is area organized for the creation of jewelry. Shaded fixtures and heavily tinted windows create a dimly lit space where workbenches are piled with delicate chisels, jewelers' glasses, and polishing powders. The temperature is very warm, and you sense warm air rising through some vents in the stone ground. Hmm. Uh, There is a stairwell leading down from here. See, there are benches, again, covered in kind of all those jewelry crafting. You don't mm-hmm. see a lot of big, like, anvils or some smaller anvils. 
Um, to but do a shop, so like little board. tiny anvils for working yeah, exactly. stuff and little heating braziers. You're not like yeah, yeah, smelting. And again, those thin kind of defense windows that let in light, but not much else. And so because of that, there's some really like heavily hooded lanterns with tinted glass to kind of mm -hmm. uh, focus light on some smaller areas of work. Mm. Um, but as he comes through, he shuts the door behind him and he says, you're putting all this at risk. Me being seen with you lingering through here. That old Mooney will know that I let someone into the back. He says, I should never have trusted such dimwits. He leads you down the spiral staircase, and you enter a much larger room. Uh, it is on a lower floor. You realize it's below street level. And it is a massive forging room. At the center is this huge forge. And it's shaped rather strangely. It's basically a rectangular prism, or kind of like a very tall cube, stretched cube. Um, and the the uh, there are kind of two windows into the inside fire area, the kind of fire pit. Mm -hmm. um, and each of them are shaped almost like jail cell doors where they can be swung open and a, another larger door closed totally on top, trapping the heat. There are bars going down. And you see all the bricks that make up the forge have the same kind of archaic rune stamped into the side. Hmm. Uh, what languages can your character speak? I can speak common and elven, and I think draconic, because okay. I thought that sounded cool. Yeah. You cannot read these runes. Well. Um, you can see uh, Mighty Forge at the center, and then... Precious metals, raw gem ores, uncut geodes, and piles of forging chemicals are arranged for easy access around the room. Um, you see there's a number of rooms adjoined to this one, mostly just through open doorways. You kind of spot some like storage, uh, maybe some meeting rooms. But he leads you over to uh, one of the storage rooms in the corner. Some of the barrels have been pushed to the side, and there is basically a, a covered hole. Oh, come on. Oh. He opens it up, and there's a strong whiff of underground fetid water that comes through. And he says, uh, make it quick. I, I can't believe you're stopping your in here to take a shit in the middle of planning for the heist. Not quite getting Believe it. Boy. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, I'll draw out this here. Yeah. Do you need to escort me back? Or uh, can I find my own way out? What would be appropriate for the situation? I wouldn't want to get you in any trouble, a good pubis. That was your name, yes? <laughs> One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight. Here's where the stairs come down. Ten. A big fat hand. <laughs> Thanks, Buckley. <laughs> oh, my hands. And then it goes like this. Boom. A lot of names that sound explicitly dumb. 
but Buckley just Wait. popped in the random name generator, and it was more oh, perfect than anything I could, th could have thought of. Uh, yeah, it's pretty it's, damn good. It's, it's not a name that makes you go, oh, it's a dummy. But, <laughs> easily believed. Yeah. Yeah, okay. No. I wouldn't necessarily require that of the Buckley, but it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> that's, that's the key. So these are some rooms uh, where you can see things restored. There's kind of a, a gate blocking this one. The others don't have doors. They're just kind of separated chambers. Okay. Oh, nooks. Yeah, nooks and crannies. I can... Thomas's English muffin. If you can imagine that. Can you guys imagine... This is like Imagine a Thomas's English muffin, famous for their nooks and crannies. Yeah. Oh, this place yeah. reminds me of breakfast. <laughs> and translate that into an underground forge, gotcha. if you will. So lots of little rooms everywhere. Tastes like yeah. it's got butter inside. <laughs> Here's that massive forge with kind of the jail cell-like doors on it. And uh, it's daytime, so there's some people working down here. Uh, you I see there us. are uh, some dwarves, some young dwarves working away on items. Um, and uh, you see two who look out, obviously like brother and sister, who are working on what looks like kind of a brooch, kind of building up the, the body of it. Um, and uh, the female dwarf <coughs> uh, is working when her brother, uh, not realizing it, turns with some very hot, like, calipers, glowing hot calipers, and hits her in the arm, and, and she cries, ah, and drops the silver brooch, and it hits the ground. Now, this is a large working forge room. It's noisy down here. It's really hot. You're sweating. Mm -hmm. But as soon as that brooch hits the ground, and from this back room, you hear the voice of an angry, smithing master who hears this brute hitting the ground comes out you see mock master master of hawks regalia exit his chamber here what does he say he says he says did you just drop the brooch that i have been designing these past two and a half weeks dozens of hours of work wasted uh, the the brother dwarf is about to say something, and then at this barrage, Mach kind of goes quiet. And the female dwarf says, Lux, Lux, tell him. And then seeing her brother's cowardice, kind of her shoulders lower, everyone has just stopped and is watching. She says, Yes, Mach Master, I dropped the breach. He says, He says, And the Countess? He says, will, uh, will she receive what's promised to her by tomorrow morning? She says, I, I'll, I'll do whatever needed. I, I swear, mock master, I swear. And he says, then you shall prepare the materials necessary and have all of the, the, the raw implements ready on my work desk in three gongs time. And he just slams the door and goes back in. There's now a door. He forges the door, slams it, and goes back That's in. How good he is. Um, Can you hear the gong and the bells ringing this low in the forge? Yeah, in fact, when a uh, uh, gong rings at the hour, it actually kind of echoes into this room as well um, and up through the chamber pot. Hmm. 
Um, Michael. <laughs> Bit of a so, Cuban like looks over and is like, uh, so you this were back. stair comes down here and then and comes out here, here. And there's any, no other doors out here? None that you have seen down here. Okay. No exits. Um, okay. Okay. Um, and I should like to add, actually, mm-hmm. because this may be... This, this, so, as mock exits, you see... We, we, we noted upon the opulence that at least Pubis was able to, you know, put forth as an image in, in his meeting before... And uh, there is uh, definitely an echo of that in Maka as well. You know, again, clad in workman's clothes, simple, but extremely, extremely durable and well-crafted are his boots, are his leather apron, are, 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 the, are the spectacles and the jeweler's glass that hangs around his neck. But beyond that, there are beginning to be signs of true wealth. Mm. Several mithril rings on his on his fingers. Mm. Uh, a an extremely ornately crafted and magically imbued amulet around his neck, mm. and uh, and truly uh, uh, again uh, more than more than anything else uh, that uh, that you see is a uh, is a torque a torque that goes around his head, which even to like even to. The uh, the untrained eye seems to seems to uh, to give off some sort of magical aura, um, and mm. uh, and is also of uh, of again again adorned with some some heavy heavy kind of like Celtic knotted filigree. Okay, mm. a few items, but but items that are that that, that draw the attention through power and I, simple where am I material finery. Okay. Marvelous. I think that is a good amount of flashback here. The hair uh, is Cubis quickly <laughs> rushes you out of there, kind of having gotten spooked himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and you exit, planning out uh, another, uh, uh, you know, uh, a private meeting between the Lord and Master Ma. Ah, Prambulus, uh, what took you quite so long? I am very interested in the uh, the Fabergé options here that Mr. Mooney has presented, which are far too expensive to pay on the spot. We must return with more finances in the future once we are ready to make a proper custom order. Wouldn't you agree? A very good, sir. I will let him know. Good, sir. My master is very interested in the Fabergé options, and uh, but we we'll, must require. Basically, just repeats everything he yeah, said, yeah. even though he's in the room and it's incredibly obvious. It's all very strange. Old money, and the master just mm-hmm. nodding, you know, and plus. makes an appointment with you guys, and then kind of walks you out of the building. Hmm. No, thank you, Moody. Okay, we cut back. He has uh, been able, Teodorus has been able to lay out the layout of uh, the building of what yeah. he saw. There was a door back here that I didn't get a good chance to look at, and I wasn't sure if there was any other exits. There were some little off rooms and stuff, like the room that the guy who runs this place came out of. I didn't see if it was in there, and there was some room that had like a little gate on it, and all was in there. So, uh, yeah, that, that's what I saw. Is there a yeah. lock on it? You know, I didn't get that close. I really need to take a shit. So <laughs> uh, that flashback took some time. Future flashbacks were going to go kind of more quick, but there was a lot of map drawing on that, yeah. a lot of establishing stuff. One thing I forgot to mention is between uh, Orbasa's fine imports. There's a little wooded courtyard. Very small, but some trees, bushes, a 
actual pathway. And that's, that's like an easement like between the two Yeah, buildings. between the two buildings. Just because uh, I failed to describe that, but I drew it on there. Okay. Okay, you guys are still in the shadow here. Yeah, pretty quick. Yes. Tear it. <laughs> we made it. What are you? We see ourselves uh, walking back, uh, uh, t- uh, following a, uh, a guard who is just a, a, uh, a guard employed by um, the... The, the Hawks Regalia? The Hawks Regalia. Is this Thank day you. one or two or three? Uh, this is day two. Okay. Is this one of the guards that are out there at nighttime? Um, yes. Okay. It's, uh, if possible, um, if we have that kind of research, uh, it wants to talk to one of the two that will be the two during the eight hour. Uh, the, the, okay. The, the eight, eight to nine, nine hour window. Exactly. Okay. Um, and uh, and uh, if anyone wants to help me for it. I mean, if you even want, you could just be there, wait until nine o'clock. And then follow one of them. That would um, be a, the simplest way. Uh, to yes, yes, on the previous night. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, what I mean. So um, the so two, after his shift, that you see these two guards standing there. Um, one is a half elf, and one's a human. And at nine o'clock, a dwarf comes up uh, and says, "How are you doing? All right, all right, have a nice night." And switches places with them. Are you going to follow the half elf or the human? The human. Okay. Um, what race is Buckley? Half orc. Half orc. Nice. But <laughs> um, and uh, and he's going to uh, follow the human a bit home. The streets are kind of getting quieter. Um, just assuming he's walking, just kind of uh, tails him for a little bit. And once he gets to maybe an area that's a little more secluded, yeah. uh, maybe a stealth check as you're doing. Oh this. yeah, uh, yes, yeah, certainly. Um, Uh, that's ten. Uh, you play it off like you're just yeah. going for a stroll. Okay, um, you see that uh, he's not unaware of you. You are a half elf walking through the fine half orc walking through the fine business district, but he's not so suspicious of you. They like turn turn draws this or anything, but uh, he eventually goes to like the the boarding house. Where he rents oh, the room. I want to stop him before. Oh, okay. You see, he's streets. walking towards Tour. it. So he, so okay, being spotted. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he he just picks up the pace a little bit, and Buckley, uh, to the point of grabbing his attention. Yeah, catches up. And, okay. Uh, uh, he's like starting to walk fast, and then finally he turns and puts his hand um, on his hilt. And he yeah, it's at night, and there's a big guy who's like approaching yeah, him really yeah. quickly from there. He's yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> he says, "Fuck <laughs> away, fuck <laughs> away, brute." Um, and uh, and he says, "Oh, actually, not he. She. She, she turns around oh, and says, well, Back away, brute.' Fuck <laughs> is much more of a villain in this scenario. <laughs> Things are getting a little rapey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he says, "She oh, is. I mean, she is a, a tall, strong-looking right. human uh, with uh, short brown hair." Uh, freckled face. Um, yeah, and he. So if he, if she seems on edge, um, mm-hmm. then Buckley is happy because that's what he's going for. He is specialized <laughs> in intimidation. Ah, uh-huh. um, ah excellent. Uh, and not, uh, not you know, uh, battle of wits intimidation. Talk about pressing hand on the shoulder. Yeah, it's the it's the Bane thing where he he goes like this at one point to a guy. Yeah. Um. Uh, so he so he's just kind of like exuding. Uh, his his thuggery, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he says, "Hey, um, excuse me, I just I uh, I happen to notice 
you have a bit of a you have a bit of a cough coming on. Um, I that, you, it seems it. like you should really uh maybe like partway through your shift tomorrow, you should just go home from from being sick. Cause if that cough gets worse, your throat could get crushed. <laughs> This is going to be intimidating. It would normally be 10 based on her stats, but Mach is also intimidating. Right. So this is going to be a 13. Um, if uh, if people feel like we have the surplus of them, if anyone wants to give me advantage. If anyone want to be there? Basically up here so, from behind. Uh, I got think that's uh, Teodoris. Yeah, hang on. I just intimidated there. Let me see. Does anyone have more than 10 strength? Well, no, you don't even need anything like that. You just appear in yeah, the scene uh, and age with them. I know, oh. but I think oh, yeah. we want to make this oh, as, yeah, yeah, as yeah. congruous as possible. Yeah. So I'm asking, who's the most appropriate sail here? Uh, Theodorus is a pretty good face, but I have had a lot of face time already. And you're just assisting. So what is Theodorus doing in this situation? Just quickly to assist this. Is he, has he been walking by the whole time, or does he appear now? Uh, he also appears... Suddenly, and from without anyone noticing, and actually Buckley's maybe a little bit like, he was like, he, he knew he was there, but it takes him off guard a bit. It definitely surprises Buckley. <laughs> um, um, what does he do to intimidate? I mean, what's, what's he actually doing here? It's not just uh, Does he just crack his knuckles, or? How does he say this? Um, right, lass, that would be a good idea to take my friend's advice. Great. Now you got advantage. <laughs> Thank you. Perfect. Uh, so this is plus five. Ooh. 22. Okay. So the effect of this is halfway through, uh, she yeah. is going to... Uh, wants to... He, he doesn't want her to call out sick beforehand yeah. for the, the mechanics of this. Um, the goal is to not get her to leave where she would be replaced. Basically just partway through her shift, okay. she leaves. So it's a little bit... Sounds uh, good. That uh, suspicious. will happen. Uh, in fact, you're saying there, and... You see her go like, <coughs> and the uh, half elf goes, uh, Bernadine, you feeling okay? And she goes, oh, I've just, oh, my, my brother was sick and I was taking care of him. I'm worried I might have caught something, but um, I'm okay, I'm okay. And she kind of looks around. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Grabs her throat. Cool. So gently. And you guys know what Buckley did and yes. Teodorus did. Perfect. Okay. What's my time? And her shift is 8 to 9, right? Yep. She's an 8 to 9. Yeah. Alright, you guys are in the shadow of Gondolins. It's um, 8.05. Uh, are you so going to wait till she leaves? Yeah, uh, I, uh, I, I got a feeling that that girl's going to leave. And uh, how about when we go in, I just catch the 9 o'clock guard on his way here. And uh, you just be the guard for the night. But, and uh, and uh, Jack says, good idea, Buckley. Because you know what? I left a few packages in the neighborhood while, while we was planning things the last couple of days. Where are we? So this is where are we? This is Buckley burning mm-hmm. 50. Buckley or Jack? Sorry, this is Jack's burning 50 gold of the 100 gold parcel that the, uh, uh-huh. the DM has, uh, has burned on some very rare, highly valuable, uh, long, long delay fuses. 
and he places a couple bombs in the area at 20 minute intervals. Nice. Wouldn't, wouldn't you think? <laughs> wouldn't you think? You know, you know, one way over here, but then when you figure out what happened, the next explosion's way over there, and uh, strings together uh, three or four explosions to hopefully keep these highly vigilant guards of Gond running and chasing their tails for a few hours, giving us, you know, the time we need to work as a full crew. Uh, I'm gonna have you roll. It sounds like uh, kind of an intelligence check here. Okay. Um, and I mean, you're going to succeed at this sleight of hand, maybe. Oh, yeah, uh, sleight of hand will work. Just as a quick thing, based on mechanic-wise, we only have one more flashback, and we have three join-in things. Oh yeah. yeah. So, mm. seems like maybe actually we if could you, do. Do you want I any assistance so, with this? Yeah, I, I mean, sleight of hand could work. And what's happens? So you're successful. I prefer prefer an intelligence. Okay, check. intelligence check. And what's going to happen is uh, everything above uh, fourteen. Uh, a 14 is going to be like 20 minutes of free time. Uh, every two, actually we'll say 40 minutes of free time. Every two points above that is another 20 minutes up to uh, an hour of free time. Gotcha. So Wait, that it... doesn't make sense. Let's start at 20 minutes and you can do up to an hour. Okay, so I can get up to an hour of free time, which yeah. is three bombs. Yeah. Right? And so, depending on my level of success, I get multiple bombs working. Exactly. Now, your ultra bombs are going to go off, but do they actually go off exactly. at the same they time? Well. Within close uh, enough or long enough. Timing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I need rat and old toast on this, yeah. on this job. Let's get some gnome action. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, like no, no offense, Buckley, but tonight I gotta take rat and you might, you know, crush the bomb's throat and something. Are we saying this is like <laughs> midnight of the second day? Yeah, the second day, right? And so, uh, so, <clears throat> rat and he's basically, he's, uh, it, it's, a, it's a combination job. He's like, say, look, rat and you're as, you're as good as I am for this kind of work. He says, because, you know, I only use the, 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 the most reliable merchandise. So you got to find the right place, and you got to use that right numbest touch. Uh, and so, hands you a bomb bag with two bombs in it, takes two for himself. I know what I'm doing. You don't have to explain anything to me. He's like, he's like, but careful with them fuses, though. They're, uh, they're a pretty penny. I that's roll a, with that's, advantage. That's, that's a couple hits of red right there that you're wearing. And I want to make sure we're getting a worthwhile out of it. Uh, so, intelligence check with advantage. That's a straight 20. Nice. Oh my god, look at that on the side. So wow. so, so you're going to have an hour time. What time do you want it to go off? Um, we, want, we want it to be 9.20, 9.40, 10 o'clock. <laughs> I assume we're going to strike and strike fast. Mad so we should have a full hour and 20 minutes. Well, I guess so. We probably need a flashback or at least some more information on when the guns control. Oh, yeah. We'll say they start at the hour, and then every 20 minutes after. Okay. So, uh, yeah, exactly. So, in so, other words, yeah. once the guns go by, I'm yeah. dipping, and I should have an hour and 20 minutes before the Yeah, minutes. we'll say flashback five minutes. Yeah. The night of Gond had just passed by, yeah. and then you guys step out of the shadows. Perfect. Nice. Like that. Okay. Bomb's beautiful. All right, we come back to Gondolins. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Backy condoms. Backy condoms. So good. Uh, so now we just, uh, we just wait. The one guy decides its throat hurts and she goes home. That's just wait, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Give us the time. 
Uh, it's, you know, people, this is like the hour in which people are heading home from their businesses, closing up their shops, uh, going out for late meal or a drink together. Gondolins is pretty busy, not super rowdy, because this is kind of high-class people coming here, but there's music, there's people talking and laughing. Um, about 8, 8.20, another, uh, you see uh, another night, uh, there must be a couple of them of Gond coming by. Now this night of Gond, the guards that you see are in uh, chain shirts, they've got shields, uh, and they've got a spear, but they're, they're, they're not highly trained guards. They're not soldiers. The they're, night of, they're well equipped. Yeah, the night of Gond, however, guards. walking by, apparently I have to sign in. Oh, so uh, the guards at the door. The guards right. at the door. Yeah, yeah, the knights of Gond themselves. I mean, they, they stay in, like, a, they a house. room. Yeah, they're basically doing that to save up for oh, whatever I they see. want. The security guards are... Yeah. The Knight of Gond... The security guard renting a room is that the knights are... Anyone that right. Buckley can intimidate in a single shot, he calls it a one-night stand. Sometimes it takes a few more... The Knight of Gond is in chainmail, but has uh, a flowing um, cape... With the symbol of Gond on it, which is these two cross spears and kind of almost like a clockwork design. Hmm. Um, and has uh, a long sword and a hilt and a heavy crossbow on his back. Um, and uh, looks formidable. Like, this is not uh, a young whippersnapper given this role. He is patrolling a street that a shrine to Gond is on. So they give someone who is Seasoned worth veteran. hiring. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, in fact, they're a little older. Maybe they've had their adventures, they've had their days. Not like injured and decrepit. <laughs> but it's but, not you by know, accident they survive those adventures. Exactly. So they are walking by this shadowy alleyway, and you had seen before that they're like looking in the alleyways. You know, sure. they're about to come. What do you do? Are you just going to stand there smoking cigarettes? Should I get us another round? Maybe you want another round? Yeah! Excellent. Make a deception check. As they're coming by. What do you say in order to aid in this deception? And he says, uh, ha, I need something to take the edge off this red root. And he's just oh. like, <laughs> sailing high. Am I right? And he looks straight at the straight at the soldier of God and he says, God allows for a little little uh, carousing on the weekends, doesn't he? There's no deception. Just with, with advantage? It's all yes. Honest. Okay. Uh, doing real good. About to two. 23. 23, okay. Uh, the, the Knight of Gond, who is a tall man with a square chin and, uh, blonde hair turning to silver white, uh, kind of strokes his hairless chin and <laughs> says, uh, be careful, gentlemen, there are, I sense there may be thugs afoot. And then continues walking. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> My foot! Disadvantage. Okay. Do you have the board taken? You guys hang out until about 8 30. When you see the human Bernadine, suddenly I've been coughing a little bit and then like put your hands across her chest. <coughs> Almost collapsing and coughing, and the half elf next to her. Uh, who is Ultafina, says, Bernadine, are, are you all right? Are you all right? Uh, I just need to catch my breath. I just need to catch my breath. <coughs> and uh, the half-elf says, oh, God. Uh, uh, you're not going to be any kind of card if you're like this. You know, I'll, I'll cover for you. 
I, I mean, I am half elf, so I'm pretty keen sighted. Uh, Go out with me, please. <laughs> uh, thank you, Fenry. I owe you one. Next time, I'll buy you one at Gondolins. And she walks down, kind of looking over her shoulder and uh, heads down the street. Hey, Rotten. It's a really weird coincidence. I told her to pretend to be sick, but it looks like she actually is. <laughs> Maybe you're some kind of sorcerer. You never know. <gasps> is there a good spot where we could accost this guard around here, a nice shadowy alcove? Well, I mean, until 9 o'clock, it's not very... Uh, yeah, there's still people walking around. You know, so what about that like, wooded, wooded alcove? But that little there. wooded area is uh, walled in on three sides. Uh, you realize the back wall is actually part of the shop here. Basically, this is where that little wooded alcove is. Oh, okay. Mm. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. When I'm shaking down someone for money, it's a little bit better to go into a alcove. Uh, uh, you guys York. go over there, and I'll I'll get him to come to you. Sounds good to you? He says, uh, and uh, okay. and uh, Jack says, yeah. Or he just put the motherfucker to sleep. No, but there's people walking around. We don't want to see that. We just do it over in the corner there. He says, like, nah. Like, he just fall asleep. Like, he, he has sleep as a spell. Oh. What if he goes to sleep in the woods? Uh, he says, yeah, it wouldn't be less suspicious if he's just one of those asshole gods shirking his duties. But but then aren't you going to stand out there with him? Yeah, of course. <laughs> just uh, giving, him, uh, giving my buddy a little bit of a, of a, of a rest easy. And then once uh, old Buckley over there chokes out my replacement, well, Bob's your uncle. We got ourselves an hour, an hour plus, almost two hours. Mm. He says, worst case scenario, the sleep won't work and he'll come looking for who, who, who done cast it. How long did you stay asleep? Good question. <laughs> This plan sounds good to me. I'm trying to figure it out. But honestly, oh, it is most plans sound good to me. <laughs> he says like, he's like, it'll be brief. But uh, perhaps maybe we just cart his body off and then... Better, better than he's not seen carting off. I can get him to follow me. This will be easy. Okay, over. let's do it your way. It'll be fine. Trust me. It's all good. You know I likes my tunes, Tio. And I haven't played any in my pan pipes this evening. I'm itching. I know, and I believe it. It'll be good. But fine. Puts his hands in his pockets and whistles as he walks over to the wooded alcove. Yeah, you wait for a, a wealthy Bowery. merchant's cart to go by, pulled by Bowery. some Bowery. white horses. Uh, the uh, bomb sack on <laughs> my back. <laughs> the driver whipping in there and saying, Watch out! Cart's coming through! And then, uh. Oh my, a cart! You walk over. Uh, you see, like, uh, this guard immediately sees you guys walking in that direction, but mm, just kind of keep an eye on you. I mean, half-orc is a little suspicious, but and it's Rift Nevelin as well. It's just unusual. So Rift Nevelins are actually a I, good race. I would say I would, uh, he would just disguise. He would just oh, sneak are you over there. I would, oh, are you sneaking? sneak over there. Okay. So Make yourself a roll. 20. Okay. I'm going to try to hide 
in the uh, in the okay, the kind of sinking like around like the the cart and oh, oh. This kind of stuff. It is pretty dark right now too. Yeah, I want to hide once oh, on all the dark sees is the dark alley we were standing, and he sees a slow burning pipe, whispering yeah. smoke up. But that's all he sees. He thinks that the pipe jammed into the wall is somebody smoking. Nice. But really, it's just standing there. But I mean, you're walking no, no, across no. the street. Are you trying to sneak across um, here? Or I, just I'm okay over? being visible across okay. the street. It's, uh, so my... he watches this half orc kind of walk over into that wooded area. Mm. And then uh, once he's there, he wants to. Uh, okay, hide. make yourself check. Yeah. Nice. Uh, plus plus 24. 24 total. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grab some branches and stick them in your hair. Tree. Tree. Uh, in this area, you see there's kind of a, a little cobbled pathway heading in. There's a little stone bench. Uh, and then there's a, a small or a, a statue. Of like a six foot tall statue of a Rearing uh, deer, a buck with big antlers. Buck? But Buckley. <laughs> hey, which one is Mom? which? <laughs> which one is okay. Um, Theodorus mm-hmm. uh, uses the cantrip friends. Ah. <laughs> so you're walking up to this guard? No, no, I do it on myself oh. before oh. I walk over there. I see. It's concentration, lasts a minute. Nice. Um, and it gives me advantage on any charisma checks directed oh. towards a person uh, that isn't hostile to me. So you start way. walking up now. You start walking up, and uh, she puts forward a hand, this half elf, and she says, Sorry, friend. Business. Sorry, friend. Business is closed. Ah. Uh, I understand, but this is the half elf, right? Yep. I just. I was over with my friends over there, and uh, I couldn't help but notice that you're a real sweet thing. <laughs> you are so Make a deception check. Beautiful. To me. Uh, and I'm just doing kind of um, passives on these guys. 17. Kill That's guys. before the bonus, so like 20, uh, 24. She instantly blushes. Uh, she is... Uh, Maybe takes off that helmet. Hi, elf. <laughs> um, and uh, I'll tell you. is also a half elf. Oh, yeah. oh! I'm half white. Yeah, and uh, she kind of stands a little higher. She says, oh, uh, it's not often It's not often that I, I get uh, strangers come up with uh, such a sweet message. Uh, where are you from? Oh, I'm from uh, here and there, but mostly here. <laughs> so what are you doing here? I, uh, could you tell me about this little shrine over here in the woods? Oh. I, 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 I have never been by this particular area of the, of the town before. And that, uh, could you, what, what, what's the deal with the statue? Is that a religious thing? Over there, uh, that, uh, that book. Oh, uh, mock And he slowly kind of starts walking that direction. And he loves some company. He loves some company. She, uh, make a persuasion check. Fantastic. Uh, you convince Again. her that... With the friends. That's going to be 17. That's silly enough. Oh, uh, she says, oh, friends. Well, uh, it'd be easier if I could show you. Uh, oh. And she kind of looks around. She says, uh, it's quite down. Uh, and she kind of starts to walk over to there. And she says, uh, Mockmaster put that in place. I think he just liked the look of it. Not religious as far as I know. Uh, but sometimes he just sits out here uh, smoking a pipe, as it were. And she walks in. Are you over there? 
Hmm? Are you in the woods here? No. Yes. Where'd you go, Rat? An old, old test? Now, did you <laughs> purposely hide? Or uh, no, he's okay. uh, he's uh, just kind of uh, walking around like he's pretending to enjoy nature. Okay, uh, and then she she sees this gnome walking about. Uh, are you hidden? Uh, yeah, I, oh I, yeah, I've been stealth. That's yeah. right, and you're hidden. She oh, doesn't see you two. Okay, because <laughs> your branches. <laughs> uh, she goes and she smells the branch that's in Buckley's hair. Oh, it's so fresh. Uh, she says, "Oh, a gnome. Well, that's a sight, a rare sight to see." Uh, they are interesting little people, aren't they? But not nearly as interesting as you. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna bonk her on the head. Okay. <laughs> Make your attack have advantage. Uh, use the big stick. Uh, you get, yeah, you, you got an advantage? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Sneak attack. Uh, <laughs> um, um, okay, so with advantage, that's uh, 14. Okay, she wasn't carrying her shield. We'll say she's just carrying her spear, so that is enough. If she was carrying her shield, that would not have been enough. Uh, is there any is there any sound that needs to be defeated? Well, we'll see oh. that next. Well, okay, she's she's definitely not thinking that far forward. Right. Uh, what are you bunking her with? A great club. Okay. Uh, he's <laughs> attempting to uh, knock her out. Yeah. Specifically. Yeah. What, what what does he use as a great club? Mechanically, it's a great club. I mean, it's a big branch. It's <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> a big branch. It blends into this environment well. He was holding it, and then he just like. <laughs> uh, all right. Damnation. All right. Uh, so that is uh, one. That's six plus three is nine. Uh, plus three more is twelve damage. Ooh, she had eleven hit points. Boom! <laughs> now this is a noise of a large branch hitting someone in armor, and that person collapsing to the ground. Is anyone doing anything to? Buck, uh, so Jax will absolutely ring out in song as he begins to play a tune. Theodorus, who was standing very close to her, tries to prevent her from like collapsing, just uh, like yeah. flopping on the ground. Make a dexterity check and make a performance check. Perfect. Okay. That's the noise that made. Uh, ability, dexterity, check. Not good. Use the red. Actually, we'll say deception. Uh, that's not amazing okay. either. Well, uh, so dexterity rolling. check. Uh, this is with my bonus? Yeah, yeah. dexterity bonus. Okay, so then that's going to be plus my proficiency? No. Okay. <laughs> it's just dexterity check. Just dexterity. Okay, I mean, it's so. not a difficult. I'd say it's like a 10 to catch her. Yeah, nine, unfortunately. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> if I can get that. I'm pretty good at acrobatics. Yeah. <laughs> So what did he get? Should have assisted you with the catch. What did he get for deception? Because I got a seven deception. Ooh. Okay, so what happens is uh, Buckley hits her over the head. She collapses. Theodorus goes to goes catch her. Goes to slips out of her arm. However, that shield that was on her oh, back kind of like just gets in the way, like just tangles with Theodorus. And he grabs onto her chain shirt, but she kind of shifts around his fingers like, ugh. Uh, and as uh, Jax tries to strum like a, a a very melodious kind of run on his pan flutes, and, hit, and hits it hits a, a, a sharp squeaky note, and just goes and then, like draws more attention. There's a big boom as she hits the cobblestones. She is knocked out, not dead. But then the wolves come out of the woods. <laughs> okay. Jesus. Uh, like, I, I, I would feel like we all freeze to see, like, listen, like, a round of perception checks. 
I will I'll give a perception check if there's yeah. time. Okay, uh, see. I would see right now you don't see anyone coming over. Luckily, use your freakish strength to pick up the body carefully and silently and put it in the most delicately comfortable location that is hidden in this alcove. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and just in the corner behind the trees. And attempt to scoop her up as quietly yeah. as possible. I will say yes. If there were another guard out there, or if you'd done this at the five minutes later, there would have been a guard passing by and it would have been a problem. As it is, this time of night, right at the knee it's hole. dark. You guys had hidden in here. No one's coming to investigate. You know, uh, a thunk coming out of a dark wooded alleyway is not going to draw the common passerby here in. True. I would. So, yeah. You guys, <laughs> you guys get away with it. You put her over in the corner behind some bushes. Yep. You're good. What do you do now? Um. Ding. Okay. Time for this guy's spell. One hour. This guy's. Okay, you're disguising yourself as her? Uh, yeah, disguising myself as her. And. You heard her name as Fenery. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So what uh, Jack's going <laughs> You guys are holding Buckley back from this disguise. He's like, Buckley, when are you going to get this next guard showing up at nine? Uh, uh, I can. I can go get him. Uh, before nine. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Best that that, uh, that guard never shows up. And then at nine, lickety split, I'm in there right behind you. Cal traps at the doorstep, just in case. Okay, so you cast your disguise spell and suddenly Fenery is standing before you. Buckley, no! <laughs> oh, it's back! <laughs> uh, do we, uh... Uh, so... Dark. You can not keep... Uh, was I don't know if there's any performance in a ball. Not as yet. Yeah, Jackson goes out and he takes his... A guard went into the woods, a guard comes out of the woods. A guard, yeah, comes out of the woods, takes the post, and begins to, you know, nod towards passerbyers and... uh, However, another handsome half-elf comes up and starts flirting with you. (laughs) Land sakes. (laughs) I've been watching you and you're more beautiful than ever. That other guy got got, got himself a quick lay. I thought I might slip myself in the queue. (laughs) Okay. Oh, presumptuous. You're next. <laughs> what are the rest of you doing? All right. Uh, your mini? Rat, do you want to be invisible? Or do you want I should be invisible? What? What's your preference? I could have you picking locks where no one can see you. Or, or I can sneak ahead and make sure the coast is clear. What do you think's best with the way you operate? That would make uh, that would definitely make things uh, a lot more easy for me. Because uh, I was thinking about making myself invisible, but uh, it makes it harder to do certain other things. But if you make me invisible, I wouldn't have to worry about. Well, I mean, you can't go casting any magics. That doesn't work. You I know, can't cast magics Wait. when you're invisible. It, uh, it, it, the 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 arcane flows. It, it all it, it fucks it all up. Can't cross the arcane flows. Damn, pass over your miniature. Well, Sounds like you need your juice. I'll make me invisible, and uh, and we'll just go with it. All right, yeah, let's go with that then. That would have been cool, though. I'll scout the way, and uh, you know, if the coast is clear, it'll be good. Um, so he's gonna make himself invisible. Okay. It's concentration. Yep. 
and it lasts an hour. Theodorus vanishes. Uh, the spell ends if I attack somebody or if I cast a spell. Sounds good. Um, so he casts himself invisible, and he walks out and uh, makes a little noise next to uh, Jax. Next to Jax, says, <coughs> "It's me, Theo." Nah, Jax just under his breath, like, "You about to crack the safe?" Uh, yeah, we're gonna go in. Uh, me and Rat, you, uh, you and Buckley. We'll go after that god, and we'll, you know, if something goes wrong, you guys hustle. Ten four. In here. And help us. Okay, now so there are a couple this, people on the know. street right now. So Who invisible. said that? You're invisible, but I'm just saying if you, you know... Yeah. If you come up without, you know, being sneaky, they're gonna see you opening a door, basically. So just keep that in mind. Uh, I try the door. And see okay, if it's, it's open. locked. It's locked. Huh. We're looking around, uh... Do you pick locks only with spells, or do you use, like, lock picks too? Uh, do you have thieves tools? Are you proficient in thieves tools? Am I proficient in thieves? I mean, that, that's how you pick locks. I mean, criminal will probably tools. give you... Oh, you are. He's proficient, uh, proficient in thieves tools. And I have them. And he has them. Hmm. You are the lock pick. He's not invisible yet. Can you make but sure? You might have. Cause this could be an oversight. Yeah, because I'm not in... Well... We may have. We, we have the issue of... Yeah... A half orc jumps to conclusions. A half orc picking a lock for a store. Like, well, there's people walking around. Yeah, <laughs> you are. I'm overtly not. the most suspicious I, of us. I look like a criminal <laughs> because I am. But that's you know, fair because that's, I commit crimes. I commit crimes. I'm a crime things. person. You can have these tools. You are the lock pick. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, yeah. I got some thieves tools. Why, yeah, yeah. Alright. Uh, I figure if you're helping him, that seems legit, right? I'm, I'm assisting him on the stealth, not the lockpick. I mean, but you're like, hey, open this door. Okay, how are you getting up to that door? You <laughs> the guard called the locksmith? Uh, yeah. Are you using your invisibility? Actually, he checks the body of the garbage. Does she have a key? Oh. Uh, you're, you're going back over and checking the body? Yeah, yeah I'm still invisible. Awesome. Pick up the key. Like it. Now invisible. And try that in the lock. Okay, there are two locks. Uh, there's a deadbolt and then a locked square jeweled knob. Um, and it unlocks both of them. Awesome. Yeah, it's easy. Alright. I mean, we're going to try to selfly enter, and he would like to, uh, Jax will assist all of you. One by one to get inside yeah. without being viewed. I mean, who's... Are you opening the door? Can you do silence? Uh, he walks back. The bell rang when I opened the door. When we went shopping before. I would love it if the bell didn't ring. Uh, it's, it's actually silence. So half-elves are immune to bed. I think I sleep. do. I'm so hoping they were going to get that. Good thing. <laughs> like, sleep. Hey, guys. She's, like, uh, she's coming over here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. P- pucker up there, Tao. <laughs> oh. Gotcha, Dave. I don't either. It's going to ring if it's going to ring. It's fine. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm going to use my flashback. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I told him I could pick one. What the fuck? How do these things work? 
<laughs> fucking I flashed back to uh, just a, uh, a few moments ago. Okay. Where, uh. <laughs> okay, how long does this take? Uh. Where I'm. Well, grew up. Well, I'm, I'm casting a ritual to uh, set up an alarm system. Ah. And 20 foot, uh, in a 20 foot cube. Okay. Kind of around this area. Or like, uh, just Wait, around the 20 foot cube is not a big area. That's, you know. Four by four in, yeah. the, in the garden where we stashed the body. Yeah, in the garden. Like just, uh, okay. just see if people are gonna are coming by. Okay. You know, like, uh, so. Uh, Wait, you're you're casting a twenty foot cube in the garden. Oh, where the, is uh, your garden? Path, uh, so here's the street. Mm-hmm. Here's that little garden area. It's just so the road is like here. Mm-hmm. The road, yeah. Here's okay. that little garden. It's just a, a little alleyway. There's no other way to get into that garden. Okay. How has the traffic been so far? Well, you know that it's there's some people heading home, heading to the bar, and it quiets down at 9 o'clock. So, yeah, until 9, the storefront, the front door is basically in a moderately high traffic. Yeah. Mm, okay. And uh, the traffic is coming from usually, or... Both so, it's, so the traffic's going this way. Mm, okay. There's no other way to get into this garden. It's a mm-hmm. dead end. See, uh, so yeah, he'll set it up right, kind of inside, not necessarily in the street, but kind of a little further in the garden right. area. Here? Yeah. So tell me your reasoning here. Who are you uh, hoping just to Just to like, if there are people that are, uh, you know, approaching. Approaching the garden? Yeah. Is it too small, do you think? That's so no that. one's going to come into this garden. Okay. It's a dark, shaded alleyway. Maybe fours. The bell. <laughs> the, the bell is, the is above the door. The concern is the bell. Are we trying? We're trying to get in the front door. Though? Yeah. Yeah. There's no other entrance. So there's people like walking by us though. Currently at the. Yeah. Side. There's currently people walking on the street. The street okay. quiets down at nine o'clock. It's eight thirty-five. Still too early. I just tore up my flashback. Yeah, you got a flashback here. You got to yeah. decide when it is. Can you what are you doing? A, a, uh, well, the thing is, is oh yeah, I can actually set the last eight hours. Uh, so okay. Oh, um, we need to jump into this. Yeah, so I set it up in the street actually, and uh, it's every time the which we call it, people walk through it, are approaching like it'll. Uh, so you're doing a twenty foot little... cube in front of the door. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah, and so it just uh, it sets off. Uh, what, what, how does it describe it? Uh, an alarm in my head. It's like a tiny okay. pain in my mind. So I know other people are approaching. So that. And you were doing you were doing this before eight o'clock or? Uh, eight, eight, how long does it last? Eight hours. Oh, eight hours. Sweet. So earlier today. No, okay. Sorry, sorry. <coughs> I'm flashing back. Okay, so when today? How early today? Uh, you guys are there at 8 o'clock. How early today? Uh, well, I can cast it within 30 feet of me, so yeah. let's just say, uh, what's, and it's 8 o'clock right now. So yeah, we want to go to 12, uh, so. 12 o'clock, yeah. So sometime afternoon? Yeah, sometimes after, yeah. Okay, five. so in the yeah. afternoon. 5 p.m. Okay, in the early evening then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You wander by and you kind of go. So the whole entire day, like, yeah. he's just been here. Yeah. So he's trying to get Shut up, shut it. up. <laughs> okay. Fucking annoying. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, oh. 5 p.m. So anything you want to roll into this? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. So, um, uh, as, as Rat and Old Toast uh, sits there kind of establishing a spell, uh, Jax keeps watch. This was part of the same mission of the bomb planting, yeah. right? Like, first we do mine, then we do yeah, yours. Right. And so on the way out, they do that. And uh, as he takes his preparation and Jax kind of just ca- cases the street and makes sure that no one's picking too much up on it, <coughs> he just finds himself watching the door and sees that ping, ping, every time someone comes in and out and he's like, there's that bell. 
I bet I could grab a hold of that with a mage hand once the door's closed. And he's gonna, he's gonna like establish the spot of the bell. He's just gonna try to grab it with a mage hand and just like. The, I the, like the, it. Grab the, the, the hammer. The ringer. Grab the hammer. Yeah, the, the, the ringer of it with, without like being it. able to see it. And he's just trying to like triangulate it perfectly to see if he can just. Make okay. It. I'll say because you spent that flashback, you can do that. Okay. Okay. Oh, five o'clock. You're suddenly over there. Plan B, in case. Uh, uh, <coughs> plan B related to the bell. Um. Cool Buckley uh, is standing there with uh, with Jax, saying, "Are you looking at that bell?" He's like, "Yeah, man, calm down. Have some of this red root." And immediately just walks over to the storefront, um, and it's a physical bell. Yeah. He's going to wait until the door is closed, and he is going to try to open the door with such force. As to, like, break the bell or break whatever mechanism. Seems like a long shot. Make a check. It's plan B. Um, so he's just going to walk up and then kind of brace himself and then go... Ugh! <laughs> I love it. And, uh... It's an 18. He opens the door with enough force to break the bell. However... <laughs> The only part that breaks is the uh, kind of like the the arm connecting the door itself to the bell, and that goes boom, flying off, and the bell rings, ding, 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 ding. and you look up, and it's actually just floating in midair above the door, <laughs> and you realize it is a magic bell. Uh, and old Mooney looks up, you go, we. Peelmats, we're being robbed! Well, he says, oops! <laughs> leaves. And turns around and leaves. <laughs> nice. So you got the information. It's a magic bell. It's a magic However, bell. However, yeah, the yeah, mage yeah. hand can yeah. stop it. Can stop it. Okay. It's good. Um, it's good. He's like, that's a shot across there about Buckley. But we'll get in there yet. Okay, who's opening the door? Uh... Theodorus, I guess. And are you casting Mage Hand? I'm casting Mage Hand. Yeah, you triangulated it. You're able to use Mage Hand to stop the uh, hammer. The the little mechanic to open it back up has been reinstalled. Ah. Um, and it hits against the hammer. However, the Mage Hand holds the hammer in place, and there's no sound. Make a stealth check. You have advantage because you're invisible. That will be pretty good, I think. Uh-oh. Yeah, you're able to open the door and slip through without anyone on the street seeing. Well, yeah, 21. Um, do I, uh, so, you can't get ratting in. Can I assist the others in getting them in? Yeah, what are you doing to assist? Uh, I'm, I'm uh, providing, uh, basically a, I'm going to provide a, a diversion, right? And, and by that, I'm going to say, I'm going to go... I'm going to try to have a conversation with a passerby, with hmm. a passerby. He strides out in the middle of the street and, uh, and says, uh, he says, uh, are you there? Uh, I know that the Gondolins is having their, their, uh, their, uh, festival or their, their, uh, their monthly festival this weekend. 
isn't that tomorrow night? And then it immediately kind of starts a little bit of a conversation. Yeah. Oh, yeah, gondolins. And yeah, they, there's all, all of a sudden a gathering and like people, neighbors start kind of talking about are they going nice. tomorrow? And there's a little bit of kind of like, oh, a, a, an attention drawn to this uh, this, nice. this festival at gondolins, providing a little bit okay, of a, uh, a give moment. you guys advantage your stealth checks to move over. Yeah. I'm going to wait out here until. Okay. Advantage? Yep. But God, it's gone. Oh, yeah, and you're a guard right now. <laughs> I have okay, yeah, you get in as well. Uh, with all this conversation going on, you're able to sneak over and sneak through the door without anyone seeing. Okay, you two, Raptin and Teodoro. Door, that's me. You are at I'm the door. Where are you going? Uh, are you going or not? No, I'm going to stay out. Less traffic. Yeah. It is 8:40. The night of Gond passes by, and while passing by, nods at the beautiful half elf lass. Says Fenia. Two buttons. It's right. good to see you. Naughty boy. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> please. We're probably the same age since you're half elf. And Buckley's just gonna yeah. be spending this time laying down but in the, the, uh, the yeah. wooded area out of, outside of the street. Just uh, sounds good. Okay. Nap. What are you guys doing inside? Uh, looking for our main items. So going past okay. here. You notice that all the items that had been taken out before are locked away. Okay. As you are walking up, you have the passive perception to see a tripwire. Mm-hmm. Set up across the doorway that wasn't there before. Mmm. Nice. Pretty All easy right. to avoid. Pretty easy to avoid. All right. Uh, you see where it pulls instead of there being a mechanic, there's a little rune on the door jamb. Hmm. Um. He play, he first gestures to Ratten, and then realizes he's invisible. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> hey, 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 where? Ratten. Okay, once it points it out, you can see it. Now, Ratton, you would not have been able to see this. Oh, wow, good eyes. You got good eyes there. Great. All right, let's keep moving. All right. Okay, you step over the tripwire, and you're in the back hall. Again, there's that thin door with uh, dwarven filigree on it, and then there's the uh, the thick Where did, um, remind me where Pubis said the thing was? back room. Seem to keep it purposefully vague. Wants a little bit of a of a smashing grab, does he? All right. He was, I'm not sorry. We, we we blew him up at his place of work during business hours. Yeah, Fuck that guy. <laughs> uh, the door in front of me, obvious handle. We'd open it. Yep, it looks locked. Looks locked. Um, try the key I have. Doesn't work. Mm, uh, looks like this is a job for old uh, Red and Old Toast. <laughs> <laughs> old rat and old. I'll leave you to it then, friend. It's my second one. Okay, this is a cedar door. Uh, nice carvings of dwarves at work. In fact, it looks like it came from somewhere else and was restored and fit into this doorway. Okay, you're going to try to open it? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Ratten uh, pulls out this kind of uh, brass device out of his pocket, and it's his... his Effectively, his arcane focus that's comprised of a bunch of rotating gears, um, mm. cogs, and a bunch of like tumblers, and then he'll like he'll actually they're kind of a bit oversized, and he rotates them. He's looking at the lock, and he uh, he rotates them, and he's uh, kind of pushing some of the tumblers down just to like get a feel for it. 
And then he uh, casts uh, knock. Very nice. I was hoping there'd yeah. be a wizard. <laughs> uh, the door opens. Inside, you see there is a meeting room. There is a finely crafted marble table with stone stools set about it. There are uh, two pieces of armor set up. Again, one kind of ancient looking, one shiny and restored. Um, on the wall is a map of Waterdeep. And then there are some shelves, shallow shelves on the side that display fine, fine wares. So it looks like some of like the, the best that um, Mach has crafted, as well as certificates of awards for his work. No paintings of Adric Amberhelm? You do not see a painting of Adric Amberhelm in here right now. Uh, you do see, oh, I'm reaching in there. You do see that there is uh, our bottles of wine on the table, as well as candles, not lit, um, and some bread and cheese set out. Uh, none of it looks like it has been touched. Huh. Are you entering the room or are you just looking from the doorway? Uh, just looking from the doorway. That's yep. probably where they meet with customers. Hmm. Wouldn't be there. Let's keep going. There was a workshop down below. You see any more of those trip wires? Uh, I'll look. Keep my eyes peeled. Are you going to do an actual active check? Yeah, I'm just going by your passive right now. I mean, we got we got 20 minutes a square. No, one minute a square. One minute is one minute a square, and 10 minutes a door. Uh, five minutes a door. door. I'm just gonna go up to the door. Man, I'm making. Okay, it's locked. I try the key. Doesn't work. Key's not gonna do it. Now the door. (laughs) How many uses do we have of that? I've got two uses of knock. So. Two more. Uh, one more. Oh, one more. Oh, that's a problem. Uh, so you can just try unlocking it. Uh, with your thieves' tools. Yeah, you would roll there. a dexterity All check right. with proficiency. I have to do this uh, old school. Okay, roll a dexterity check with proficiency since you're proficient with thieves' tools. All right. Let's see. That is sleight of hand. Oh, that's sleight of hand. Sorry. No, no, no. Of, no, no. no? Nope. It's a different It's in just addition. It's a dexterity tools. check. Is a dexterity check with, with your proficiency, proficiency bonus yes. if you're proficient in the tool use. In the yes. tool use. Super weird. Yep. That would be the same on my guy anyways. Slide of hand is pickpocketing. Oh. It is, but it's also... What's your... I'm sure it's something else. Maybe it's Ten. crafting. <laughs> I will, I will. I know it was on other thing. Other this is not a complex shit. lock. Hmm. Nice. But it was an 11 to open. Oh. You almost have it open. And then you weren't expecting it to be so simple. And in fact, you do a little extra twist and you failed to open it. But it's not enough to jam it. You could try it again. Okay. But I am going to say it took you a minute to try to unlock it. I said, gotta do this old school thing. Oh, jeez. I say. What did you get this time? I got a three. Three, it jams. Alright, uh... When you spell knock, could open it. That is true. Or you could try to open it another way. Mm. When it jams, that means that the... It can no longer be unlocked or opened. Take out Shatterstar. Shatterspike. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to just bash it down. Take out Shatterspike uh, and then kick the door open, like mm-hmm. Berger always does. Yeah. Holding Shatterspike. Yeah, that's true. Did the lock 
Right. Do you not have this rattan? It's jammed. It's jammed. Okay. So it didn't break like you can just open uh, it. That jammed. didn't look good. Didn't that? That was, uh, I got, I got this. <laughs> you got this? Do you need uh, me to get Buckley or something to try and manhandle the door? Uh, he lets the, his uh, pride get the better of him, so he uses his last spell slot. <laughs> He's like, uh, okay, it opens. See, I told you I got this. Uh, you, you head into the small smithy, and you go down the stairs. Do I see any pictures of Adric Amberhelm in here? Not in here, and he didn't see it before either. Fantastic. Uh, that's true, I didn't see Did I notice anything in the workshop room? You hadn't seen it in there. Okay. Fantastic. Mm. All right, going to go down the stairs, but very carefully. I am actually going to be careful on stairs. People okay. have to leave traps on stairs. Are you searching each square? Yeah. Okay, so that's going to be... One, two, three, four minutes. On the stairs. It seems... People love to make traps on stairs. They're like, oh no, you hit the switch, it's slide, and you fall into an acid pool, and you melt, and it's terrible. <laughs> Happened to a cousin of mine. You don't see any traps on the stairs. That was a lie. And you can search when you are invisible on snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Issue. You come down into that large forge. Um, again, the, uh, the forge is quiet. It's not lit right now. Um... Uh, but, uh, Buckley, you... Or, not Buckley. Right, and you now see this forge where every brick is labeled with an arcane... Or archaic mm. symbol. Uh, and when you come down here... Uh, actually, what are you doing? Uh, first looking around. Is anybody here? Uh, no, no one's here. As Puba said, no one's gonna work here without mock supervision or Mock's direction, so while he's at the ceremony, he's not going to let anyone else run the shop or the forge. Uh, he didn't see a picture of Adric while he was taking a shit. Nope. Not uh, in the storage room. So, this seems likely, and that seems likely. So, heads over to the one that at, the Mock came out of first. You'd expect Mock's private chamber to be locked, but the only barrier he needs is his intimidating presence, and it is not locked. Uh, you open this room. Trespass on territory. This isn't the chamber where he lives, but it's the chamber where he studies, writes his letters during work. Uh, you see, there's uh, a couple desks and shelves. There's a large, beautifully carved desk here. There's a small, simple cot in the corner that could kind of double as like a, a couch. Um, you look around and you don't see any paints of magic. Um, what are you doing? You looked over here. You just following him? Just following. Yeah. Okay. Where do you guys go next? That room with the barred door. Okay, you're walking over here, and a voice comes from the forge. It says, "Hey, did you hear that? Did you hear that?" Uh, Theodorus freezes, even though he's invisible. <laughs> he says, no. Yes. No, you guy. Uh, Alright, you. You're not a... You're not a dwarf. You work for Mach. Uh, it's a very quiet yeah. little voice right now. Yeah, I work... I, I, I work There's for a Mach. little light glowing I in the forge now. A little tiny flickering flame. Hmm. And it's... The voice comes out. Hey! Come closer. <laughs> Don't go closer. Hey, is there another guy in here? Uh, the, the forge bars were described as like jail bars. 
What? Uh, <laughs> I don't even. Theodorus. What the fuck is this? Whoa, whoa, whoa! It's the weirdest thing. Don't, don't talk. Yeah, we're just here to pick up some items. We're, we're couriers. Make a deception check. <laughs> I'm going to clean the Christmas tree. I'll take it there. Fourteen. Bring it back here. Uh, he says, oh, Well, uh, you, you mind throwing a few gems in here while you're here? Uh, I, I'm not here often. Where do they keep the gems? <laughs> um... A light beams from the forge, a firelight, and it kind of centers on some uncut gemstones in a, in a shelf. All right. He goes over to the gemstones. <laughs> some gemstones go floating over. And like, inside, you see these flames come up, and there are actually two hands made out of flames, and they grab the gems and pull them down beneath the coals. Hmm. But as you do so, the coals shift, and you see down beneath these coals, there's a pile of gems cut and uncut. And now this face appears. It's kind of a primordial face made out of flame and fire. And it says, now that it's kind of growing larger, its voice is larger. It says, uh, ah, <laughs> ah Mac Master pays true, huh? <laughs> ah, it's rare to see him employing anyone who's not a dwarf. Well, it was sort of a, a rush job. They who's doing that? And it's like looking around. Oh, it's 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 part of the service. You you know, get it while you wait. Don't even see us. Red and it's a thing. It's a gimmick. Ren tries to like mouth. He moves his mouth as he's uh, <laughs> he's trying to like. Oh, make a deception check. Uh, that's twenty. Twenty. Okay. He goes. Uh, Okay, just like with his fiery eyes looking at you, almost like the head of like a big fiery salamander almost, mm. but just made out of fire. This is uh, interesting, interesting. Uh, all right. Well, uh, and if you, if you want to throw me a few more gems then. Ah, uh, honestly, we're on a bit of a time crunch here. They, they give us terrible directions. Something about a painting we were supposed to... Get some behind a painting. Do you do you have any paintings down here? Do you, uh, do you, are you here often? He says I'm always here. Uh, I don't know why I'm doing the same accents yet. No, I'm always here. Uh, ever since I uh, purchased my forge. Oh, I, I was unaware. <laughs> yeah, that guy's got an eye for things. Uh, he has me working on this uh, halberd, calls a head shaver. Says once I finish the head shaver, I'm free. Oh, very nice. Been trapped in this forge a long time. That's good for you. Yeah. Anyway, any, any word on a painting around here? That's uh, I, I was told to go collect a painting. I, Since I haven't I'm seen a, a painting. Job. Not in here. Painting wouldn't do well with all this heat. <laughs> That's my fault, of course. <laughs> that makes sense. Are there other rooms in this establishment? Are you familiar with this building? I, I don't know. Make a persuasion check. This is at disadvantage because you're going through his mouth in suspicious circumstances. Perfect. So at disadvantage, persuasion check. Oh, nice. 
That's a 12. That's a 7. That's a 19. Okay. Uh, he kind of comes out of the bed of coals, and you sense that even though this is a large fall arch, he fills it. He looks like a salamander made out of flames right now, but it's constantly shifting. And like suddenly he'll be in a, a different position, a different position, and shifting like flames. He says, well, there's, a, there's that wall that folds back. A wall that folds back? And he points, Why did they not put this in the order? He points over at the fiery finger and uh, just a ray of light goes over and uh, he points into uh, Mock's chamber. And he says, there's some holes in the walls there and uh, I saw before when the door was open that uh, Mock put a pole in there, one of the fire pokers. And you see there's some fire pokers out and the wall folded back. Oh. Yeah, they gave me terrible instructions. <laughs> he says, ah, that Mock... He's so focused on his head shaver and on his craft that uh, he's not always kind to the people who work here. Says he's not as warm as I am. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> oh, you're a funny guy. I want to get a drink with you later. Says, well, you know, uh, we can't drink now if you open up the forge. And uh, he points up and you see above the gate there is one brick with a key shape imprint in it. I don't know, man. That's... That seems like a bit above and beyond. We try and, like, be good courier services. I don't know about releasing magical creatures, although you seem like a really great guy. I, how would I even let you out if I wanted to? He says, uh, I think some kind of magic could open that lock. Oh, magic. Yeah, those magic fellas are tricky fellas. There's a couple that work at the company I work at. That's, you know, why I'm... Yeah. He says, well, if you're ever back here, ask her old obscenimer. I mean, Mock's the only one who knows about me. But, uh, you know, maybe he'd let you come down here and talk sometime. That sounds really nice. <laughs> He's always liked gnomes. Uh... <laughs> and, like, meanwhile, Ryan's just, like, <laughs> trying to keep up with, the, like, reverse ventriloquism. All right. So, anyways, uh... I guess I'll light up the place so you help you out here. And he kind of grows in size even more, and it warms the room tremendously, but also lights it up nicely. <laughs> My dark vision. Go and grab the, uh, the pokers? Yeah, there's yeah. some big fire pokers. And, uh, yeah. How many did he say? Just one? He said he shoved a fire poker in there. They're... Alright, yeah. Uh, Theodorus sort of goes straight into the room. Okay, you see on the wall that this is stone and there have been various fixtures here. So all along the walls now you're seeing there's various little holes where fixtures have been applied, where furniture has been put up and then moved. And in this room, on the side in fact, you see there's a number of these holes. Hmm. number of these holes. Okay. In Mock's uh, study. Yeah. So there's like multiple holes yeah. where one could insert a fire. Code. Yeah, there's about five holes oh. uh, across the wall. Uh, Are we on time? Are we still before 9 p.m.? At 8.50, I have I would say it is uh, well into like 8.55. Okay. So yeah. back up to yeah, 8.50. I, yeah. I just don't okay. want to miss this second yep. part coming up. Um, uh, <clears throat> uh, sometimes guards show up early, so I'm going to go uh, get ready. Uh, hmm? I'm gonna go get ready, uh, so he doesn't surprise us with his punctuality. <laughs> uh, and, um, oh, yeah. we didn't actually, don't, don't know yeah. where he's coming from, he or she. 
but by nine, things are going to quiet down. Uh, no, I mean, it's just really just two directions along the road, so uh, is going to pick... Uh, was it east-west? So you know the direction that the uh, the one guard was walking. That's true. Oh yeah, yeah. they happen to live in the same place. So you saw the guard okay. came this way from the sh- direction of the shrine. Okay, yeah. There is an alleyway between those two areas, uh, yeah. or the shrine itself is basically uh, one single stone room that houses a water clock within it, and then has alcoves with various little figures and paintings and stuff like that. It doesn't have a gate or anything, so you could even just sneak um, into there. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, the shrine is to... Gone. Gone. But wait, that's not the wooded area. That's No, the, that's, that's the, the opposite clock. direction. That's the, oh, okay. Shrine um, to Gone or Bosses Fine Imports Wooded Alley. Um... So you were saying there's an alley over in that direction? Yeah, each the of way. the buildings. Yeah, has he's, 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 he's going to go to oh, a different. Yeah, yeah. 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 he's going to go to. He's going to go alley. further down the street. Yeah. Um, okay. Just between, basically between here and the boarding house, um, and is uh, just going to um, sit in the street corner, uh, not just kind of hang out. Okay. Um, just on the buildings and just kind of get ready for someone. The Knights there. of Gond, not the older man who you've seen, but uh, a young woman. Uh, who looks like this might be kind of an entry-level position for her. Mm. Though she also looks like she's been through training just the way she walks. Mm. Uh, also carries a, a long sword and a crossbow. Passes first. And maybe 40 feet behind, you see the guard coming. There's oh. a dwarven guard. Oh, I see. Um, Unfortunate timing there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly. Do you um, see this too coming down the street is the Knight of Gone? What time? Then, 8, 8.55? Yeah. Uh, he knows his first bomb's not going to go off for another 20, 25 minutes. But he's also not going to be without extras. So, he gives you a look, and he and he... Give me one quick sec. Give me one quick sec. Okay, so he gives you a look, and then Mage hands a bag of ball bearings out into the middle of the street in front of this knight wearing metal wreaths. Mm-hmm. What is the, it's what, a dexterity saving throw or something like that? It is a, a, a ball bearings bag. Is, as in actually, you spill these tiny metal balls, area that's 10 feet. Uh, DC 10 dexterity saving throw or fall prone. And this is in front could, of the I, Knight of Gond or in front of the Knight of Gond? Gond. Okay. I'm, bu- I'm buying him a window. Okay, and, and what's saving through throw? the area at half speed, he yeah. doesn't need to make a save. So. What's saving throw? DC 10. Uh, dexterity? Yes. Says? Okay, because so plus zero to this. So yeah. You're putting this in front of the knights who are in front of the guard. Yeah, so guard, 40 feet, your target, and I'm trying to like knock the guard on his ass to the buy you some time. The yeah. Gond fell. Yeah. Makes it. Okay, but yeah, uh, walks in the middle of these and like it's in like the dust or it's on the cobblestone. Yeah, it's like, oh what 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 is this? And uh, like it's kind of is distracted by this. Yeah. Um and uh, and Buckley uh, Buckley is going to to 
to try to jump this guard. Okay. Um, and uh, is he is he unawares? Uh, well, let's see. Your passive. Were you actively hiding or just? Um. Uh. Yeah, he'd be... He, uh, he be, doesn't see you, even just with your passive Yeah, stuff. okay. Um, yeah, he'd be kind of walking up, kind of yeah. stealthily. Um, I do need to double-check, because my Great Club only lets me do sneak attack, because it's not finesse. It's only if someone is within five feet, so uh-huh. he'll have to use a different weapon. Uh, it's a little bit less damage, so he'll use a short sword. Okay, um, and he's, like smacked him with the... He'll turn yeah, back that club. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, um, so he's unawares. I get advantage? Yeah. Okay. Um... And, uh, yeah, and he's he's okay if he gets spotted. Uh, Buckley is accustomed to fleeing and scrambling yeah. away. Um, he has a lot of uh, resources in that area. So uh, so he's okay if he if basically makes okay. noise. Um, and he smacks him. Yes. Uh, that is uh, 19, so 24. Okay, do your damage. Um, and that is a D. Roll high. Uh, I. One. Okay, uh, so that is six plus three. Glove. Hit him up. Um, head. What? Roll six uh, plus three is nine plus three is twelve. Again, eleven hit points. Another. Oh! Wow. I'm letting the, the knight of gun roll perception at a disadvantage. Yes. Because okay. it's dim light. Yeah. And also because they're distracted. Okay, uh... Not today. Behind, you see behind the hilt just going to the back of this dwarf's head and it and collapse. And the knight of God is like, hey, hey, and like to someone who's like sweeping a porch, hey, can you, uh, can you get these ball bearings when you get a chance? Or can you get these ball bearings when you get a chance? This is dangerous. A lot yeah, of people go on this road. Uh, it wasn't an inventor what came through here. Oh, I slipped up in a scarf and never want to do any accent. <laughs> it wasn't an, invent- uh, an inventor what came through and it fell off the back of the uh, back of his trailer. Well, that is very common around a Gondian shrine. Uh, he says those are valuable though. Let's not throw them out. Oh, well, you take care of that, or find someone to do it. Stay, stay watch. It seems an odd night tonight. And then she walks I on. Buckley. Switch around and takes the dwarf, yeah. uh, sleeping, nice. resting, resting dwarf into the alley. It's now nine o'clock. You hear, gong. You've been echoing down here. All right, down to the chambers below. What are you doing? Well, nine o'clock. We're in. Oh, uh, you guys come yeah, in. We're, we're, we're in. in right? okay. so I would like to assist him to stealth in, if, okay, if needed. Or by now, it's quiet enough that you guys can just go in. We're in. Oh shit. Ocean's what's, Eleven. What's your passive perception? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who's leading? Uh, you do well. have higher passive perception, Buckley. Are you leading? Uh, uh, yeah, he's the actual thief. I'm just okay. Involved. The DC to see that tripwire. It's fourteen. That's your passive perception, Buckley. You see the tripwire gleaming in the light. Yeah. Oh no, your passive perception no, is twelve. Oh, yeah, shit. mine's twelve. Baby. And yours is twelve. Yeah. I was looking at yourself. You know what? If I said that you saw it, that means to see it as a twelve. Okay. You see it, Buckley. Barely. Barely. Um, he's a, whoa! Whoa, boss! There's a string! He's like, what? He's like, I thought I was high. If that string's real, we'd best step right over it. Uh, do you guys close this door earlier, you think? We did not close it. Okay, you see two open doors. Uh, one with fine 
dwarven carvings on it and one with uh, a thick wooden door with metal studs. Okay. Um, I will simply roll a... Let's see here. We'll give him a bone quick sack here. I actually have to pee really badly here. Yeah. You guys Please. can have some free planning time. I'm, I'm simply going to... I'm just gonna like do a little bit of a, a little trill on, on the uh, on the pan pipes. Yeah, yeah. Buckley has give no. You guys, give you guys a little bit of like a hootie hoo on uh, where we're at. Uh. Oh, so if I hear that, well, that's the thing. Like we 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 shut the door behind us. Yeah, but if I hear it, uh. I don't want you coming down with this fucking salamander critter, so I'm gonna yeah. go back upstairs. And you guys also know it's nine, so this is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I could. Sure, point. I did hear the gong. Right, right. So I'm like, oh, the plan was they were gonna come in at nine. Yeah. I better go double check and let them know. Sweet roll. We could have gotten, gotten screwed by that tripwire, man. Were you in uh, the room too? Yeah, I was along with you. you, you man. Upstairs I'm gonna go upstairs. Well, I'll put you up here. Getting heading up the stairs, that sounds good. I was ready to get spotted and just clamber away. Rogue gets. Some crazy. You can use a dash. bonus action as a dash, and you have your normal movement speed when climbing. So I was just gonna clamber through buildings away from that that night. It was an issue. Anyway. Yeah, the fact that we got all four of us inside stealthily, and potentially, I, potentially for an hour. I, I didn't see that. Or an hour and. Oh, 20, we had an hour and twenty minutes. An hour and twenty minutes in here. So never mm-hmm. time. And that, I would think that we, if we can search a square a minute, four of us should be able to search. Four squares a minute. Yeah. 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 I'm assuming we're all using our individual roles, but yeah. Yeah, we won't. Yeah. We, they won't necessarily all be. No, they won't. They won't be at max. Or we could do two at two at advantage. You mean yeah. like searching the poker things or the? Uh, I'm just, whatever, oh, whatever we want to that search. One, we should, I should, feel like in retrospect we've been very brash with our time and just simply walking around places that could have been heavily trapped. One of those poker holes is definitely gonna be more worn. That was what I was thinking as well. So, so yeah, just, just and that one may in fact not be the right hole, given who Mark is. Uh, but it's a great place to start. Okay, just warning you guys: if you have twenty minutes, so that another guard comes by and sees the night gun and sees that there's no guard at the door right now, except for that explosion. Oh yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, there's an explosion. Yeah. All right. Uh, when, uh, he gave uh, Theodorus little... comes upstairs because he gave a little trill. Okay. Little clue. So yeah, he uses a pan pipe to give like a low, and this is okay. closed now. By yeah. The way. Door's closed. So he's. Oh, and you had been alerted too that they were coming up yeah. in your mind. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you lead them downstairs. Uh, no, I said, hang on a minute. There's a weird fire lizard person down there, and I don't know how he's gonna do with more company. What the hell? Do we uh, keep looking up here or what? No, I think it's downstairs. The thing is definitely downstairs. For sure. So his I name a, is Obsidimer. I, I should have a snack in the other room. Obsidimer? Obsidimer. Little wine and cheese, no? I would I haven't checked that room out. And I I haven't and, checked the room out. I ain't gonna have I ain't gonna swipe the cheese, but I'll case the joint while you go down. You give me the signal. Hootie hoo. Just when you're done. Hootie hoo. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We have a cheese. So you make your way back downstairs? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're gonna as they go. We're gonna mm-hmm. take minutes to, to, to search the entire. Room okay, there. you're coming in. Where are you searching? Uh, so can we each search one room and yeah. one in a minute? So how many? So let's see. Each square so in a four minute. Four by one, two, three, four, five, six. So that's twenty-four. Mm-hmm. So 24, 12 minutes to search the whole place. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. And if you want to do it sloppy with disadvantage, it would take six minutes. Uh, I need I need regular. <laughs> okay. Regular, no, my uh, Okay, make your. Make, make our, our you so, start to this. Yeah, so. And wait, I'm going to cut down here. Yeah. And we'll come back to you guys. Mm-hmm. Kate, what are you doing down here? Not the roll um, yet. Uh, Theodorus goes in the room with Reton and says, We got to look for the holes. And apparently there's five holes. Five holes. Uh, looking closely inspecting the holes, looking for maybe one, any differences between the holes. Okay, that's going to be one minute per hole. Help me talk, look at these holes. Okay, cut back up to you guys. About a minute has passed. You've started your search. When suddenly you hear a noise and you look up and one of the suits of armor has started to move. Roll initiative. That's why I didn't want to go in the room. I got a 14. <laughs> 19. I saw this suit's oh, armor, I'm like... Oh, we can just yeah, we need that. Okay, we're going like one, well, two, Apparently three. it wasn't suspicious enough. 14, 19. Well, Sam thought yes, so. The armor, <laughs> you see it is the old uh, rusty armor. Suddenly starts moving, and as it moves, pieces of rust fall off. And you see symbols of the Knights of Gond. And it reaches up and it pulls out... Uh, uh, actually, it doesn't pull out anything. It just reaches up with its hands and turns them into fists. <laughs> you go first. Um, uh, it's like one, two, three. Yep, okay. 19, 14, um, lower than that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Bugley walks up, uh, draws his great club, uh, and then um, says... Uh, uh, hey, Jax, get over here! And is just going to be ready for uh, Jax being within five feet. That's ready of what? An attack? Uh, I'm ready to attack. Okay, for the, for Jax. The it's just for the uh, sneak attack. Okay, uh, then. Are you moving up? Uh, to to this guy. Oh, to, oh. He's waiting till you're within five feet so he can get sneak attack. Yeah, yeah. I will. Yeah, I will. I will. A sword with, yeah. Within okay. five feet of him or uh, the enemy. Yeah, I will. Yeah. I will be willing to. Yeah. On uh, top or under the table? I will be under the table. I'm, okay. I'm small size. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. making sure yeah, for yeah. cover purposes. Okay, make your ready attack. Uh, do these guys last through attacks and. Stuff? Oh, I want to make. Oh, no, man. Go ahead. Um, that is, uh, plus five. Uh, sixteen. Sixteen, you cling with your sword. However, the thick armor, you can't cut through it. Sixteen is not enough. Jax, what are you doing? Uh, okay, I will... Let's see. I'm, uh... That's sweet. Kevin... You have uh, advantage. I, I, or, uh, inspiration. What? Uh, I, I misread the sneak attack. Oh. I thought you don't need finesse if someone with this is within five feet. Uh, so I need to be. No using, worries. Yeah. Um, uh, the uh, the pan flute uh, goes from uh, quickly leaps to his hand, and you hear a, a a trill, and then that squeaky note that you heard before in the in the. In the uh, uh, in, in the alleyway, rings out kind of unnaturally again, but this time Jackson leans into it, bears down upon it, nice. and the shriek begins to fill an echo, and he casts vicious mockery. 
So what's the uh, saving? Throw? Wisdom twelve. And what kind of what does it do? D four psychic damage, and the target has disadvantage on the next attack roll it makes before oh, yes. the next turn. Wisdom twelve. Wisdom twelve. It has a minus four to this. He got eleven. Uh, okay, so he has disadvantage on the next attack roll. And and he takes three damage. Okay, great. That's like a psych. And he will uh, you see the armor ring a little bit. It will continue here. And uh, then, at end of his turn, pulls out a dagger. Nice. Uh, two fist slam attacks. These big metal gauntlets. First one's at disadvantage armor class. You see fourteen. Uh, <laughs> uh, first one hits. Uh, does four bludgeoning damage. Yeah. The second one hits. Does four bludgeoning damage. Two metal fists. Bam! Bam! One to the face, one to the oh. chest. Buckley! Uh, is going to uh, attack again. Uh, with okay. sword once again. Um, and yeah, strikes in. Uh, don't, don't, I don't have an advantage for this or anything. I'm trying to figure out. You do have a person within five feet. So yep. uh, yeah, so I can sneak attack if it, if it hits. Uh, this time it is 17. 17 still doesn't get through the no. thick armor. Ding, ding, sparks flying off this armor. Jax. need to get some. Jax pulls out a rapier and attempts to rape her. <laughs> Good. Look. With a. Nine, thirteen. Uh, thirteen doesn't hit. Uh, again, this thick armor just blocking all your attacks of trying to cut it to pieces. Makes two more slam attacks. Oh, a critical oh, hit on the first one. Huge. Ten bludgeoning damage as crack right into your jaw. The second one. Does not hit us. You go wheeling back. Whoosh. Buckley. Uh, Buckley is going to uh, hit and I mean, attack, and then uh, just mechanics-wise, and then some. Disengage. Use his bonus action to disengage, uh-huh. and then he's going to move back. Sounds good. Make your attack. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Let's see if we can get a flanking position. We keep going up by one. Eighteen. Finally hits. <laughs> Gets it. Hey, yo. All right. Um. He slashes a couple times and then tries to jab in at one of like the elbows, one of the little okay. uh, weaker yeah, spots. Thrust. Yeah, thrust. <laughs> um, okay, this plus three, so that is five. Plus that is eight. So plus nine damage. Nine damage. Okay, and then you disengage. Uh, yeah, can you uh, just diagonally back so we can? Yeah, how many? Uh, uh, just, uh, just, uh, uh, no, no, not all the way up. Just, um, yeah, just like one back. One back. Okay. Um, and we'll. Uh, See if we can. Okay, Jax. I would say go back too, because that way, if he comes at you, he has to get an opportunity to attack for me. Uh, Perfect. Love it. Perfect. All right. Uh, Jax will, seeing seeing that he's been left toe to toe and that not being his strength, uh, opts to vicious mockery. Vicious mockery. Is it ranged? Oh, he saves this time. He got a fifteen. It is. It's, it's 15 minus 4? Or no, he got a 15 total. Oh, rolled 19. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well done. Um, the magic of this thing just yeah. defends against it. Okay. Uh, uh, it turns and does two attacks against Jax in German class. Uh, 14. First one hits. Six bludgeoning damage as a fist crushes okay. into you. The second one misses. 
So you duck back down beneath the table. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Buckley! You should move away from him. Yeah. So you get it. He's going to... I actually have enough movement to move in, attack, then move away, don't I? Mm-hmm. Really? So, so springy! Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to move in, uh, attack. Uh, before he moves in, he just does use a little uh, talkie um, and whistles down that way with a distinct hootie-hoo uh, melody. <laughs> um, actually, he just says hootie-hoo uh, and then attacks. There we go. There okay, hit. uh, hits. We get some another sneak attack. Doodly do. Um, there we go. Okay, so ten plus six is sixteen damage. Sixteen damage. This is a good one. You carve with your sword through his arm and back, opening up huge gaps. There's nothing underneath, what? but it's still weakening the armor. Uh, and then he moves. Then he uses disengage as a bonus action. Jax, I disengage. Okay, and get the hell out. Okay. Moves ahead. And again, swinging twice. Misses the first time. That's the armor that's the side that's been just rent open and it's just kind of twisting in shape. The second swing also misses. It turns around, but its arm is just jammed up against the wall. Buckley. Can I uh Move and then ready an attack. Yeah. Um, so he uh, you, uh, moves to net to be on the opposite side. For Over here. Yeah. Flanking position. Um, and then readies an attack. Coming up onto the table and off. Advantage. Oh over yeah. Wine yeah. bottle. He's, uh, he's okay. He's got some. He's got some. Hot. Ready attack for when he has advantage. When you have advantage. Okay, Jax. Uh, you better hit this. I have two hit points left. I uh, had eight total at the beginning. <laughs> Are you moving in for uh, flanking? I am. I am first casting casting vicious mockery. Okay. Oh, he Your saves match. again! What level are you? Three. <laughs> we yeah. do not. I mean, I'm level one. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I swear I put up three. Look at that. Okay. Who brought the rookie? Hold on. Who hold brought on. this guy? And then are you moving up? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Back yeah. to make your attack. Grumsh or whatever the orc god is. Oh! Both of them, uh, 17 doesn't hit. 17, right? you needed an 18, you strike at the back, it turns. I got plenty. Two attacks. Hits. I'm glad you have plenty. Three damage. Alright. Misses. I'm still up. I Buckley, have it's your turn. Three hit points left. Advantage attack! Oh! <laughs> As you had come in, it struck your arm, not doing much damage, but throwing off your attack, Jax. Hello, uh, uh, boss. Uh, it's, it's me, right? Yep. Boss. Pulls out the rapier, and he's just like, wish me luck. Uh, it's going to be 17. You needed an 18. I know oh I did. Two attacks against the big guy. Uh, Miss. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Oh. Okay, 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 okay. And a hit. Face slams into for eight. I right to your gut. And brought down to zero. Oh. But I use my racial ability. <laughs> oh. Uh, what's that called? Uh. Relentless endurance. Mm-hmm. When you're reduced to zero hit points but not killed, you can drop to one hit point instead. Oh. Once per long rest. Nice. Very nice. Wind it. Pick yourself back up. Uh, Buckley, it's your turn. 
Nice. Alright, let's see. Oh, it's, oh, is it my turn? Yeah. I forgot. Okay. Um, and really, uh, spits some blood out and goes, that's a critical. That's a critical. Here we go. Oh, hey, oh, that's getting attack damage twice. Uh, and then I'm going to use my racial ability. Uh, savage attack. When you score a critical hit, roll one of the dice an additional time and add it to the extra damage. Okay. So roll the bigger die. Uh, um, they're all d sixes. Oh, okay. Uh, so it makes it nice and easy. Um, so I usually do, some do d6s? a d six. Did you pile? Um, with two d six sneak attacks. Six d six, and then one want, more. I'll do the. There we go. I'll do. And the, then one more d six, right? This or two more d six. Um, uh, sixty six for the. Three of them for each, so 66 plus a d6 for yep. the racial ability. Um. Oh, yeah, he had five hit points on. <laughs> tell me, tell me what you do in this armor. Um, uh, after having just barely uh, staying standing, um, he uh, he takes the sword. In uh, in both hands, and as you've seen, he's not good with swordplay. Um, he's good with a club, and he takes the hilt of it and just smashes straight down on the the helmet of it. Just the helmet like, just flattens. It's enough to dispel the magic, and the rusted armor just falls to pieces. You see that Buckley looks exhausted. Yeah. Are you guys gonna keep searching up here? Uh, I'm gonna heal. There was another stand of armor in the other corner. Yeah, mm-hmm. it didn't I'm gonna, move. I'm us. gonna heal. Uh, what's my call it? Okay. Uh, Buckley. Good. And then are you gonna resume your search? Yes. Yep, okay. Resume so search. that'll be nine, twelve. You'll be done with that. Meanwhile, you guys are down here. Make your search checks. Yeah. Make your perception checks. And these uh, are. Do you want to work together to gain advantage, or do you want to each? How long them? per hole? One minute per hole. <laughs> So we'll go with this, the, is the, this, this is the big objective. Let's let's not fuck this up. So let's work together. Okay. from outside the door just hears this conversation about holes. Yeah. 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 What's your perception? I know. Uh, my perception is uh, six, and then nine. Two. I have uh, my passive is twelve. You're a plus two. I'm also a plus two. Yeah. You guys are the same. So. Okay. Well, uh, we're gonna roll this what five times? No, you're just rolling once. once. Oh, rolling once. Okay. Yeah. I did not roll well. You want to roll? Uh, I rolled once already, and it's uh, I got oh. uh, four. But so my passive is twelve. You hear it quietly in your ear. Roll for the other one. Yeah. So I'm rolling one die. The four was the low roll. Is that what we're saying? Yep. Okay. To the That's a one. <laughs> Worse. Oh, shit. Guys, take five minutes, and you don't find anything. So if it's nine oh five down there. The holes are identical. Yeah. The holes are identical. Search again. I think it's the other end. Okay. Okay. Who's rolling this time with advantage? Go ahead and roll with advantage. Because you're working together to search the five. Roll those two dice. Oh, okay. There we uh, go. There we go. That's 19. That, that's reasonable. Yeah, that makes sense. That's reasonable. Okay. Some differences 19. between these holes. <laughs> so that took 10 minutes? Yeah. Okay. Uh. Oh, man. <sighs> Come on, guys. Can't have rolled lower than that. Okay, you find the hole that has the mechanic in it. You see a little shimmer of metal in there and you realize you shove it in. But then at the same time, you find a hole with a little shimmer of metal in there. And working together, you realize, just through your knowledge of this, that you need to stick two fire pokers in these two holes. Mm. And you kind of look down and you realize uh, 
All right, um, you, you realized there was some kind of mechanic that if you hadn't stuck both fire pokers in, a trap would have been set off. Terrible. Ah. They got two fire mm-hmm. pokers and stick them in. I'm gonna go get another poker. Okay, I'll I'll be here. <laughs> so he goes out and get, goes out to the main room. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you stick the two pokers in. It opens up about the same time. You guys finish up. You guys found nothing. Okay. Other than those very nice craft works. Did you take any of that? Cheese. Another wine. wine cheese. You take any of that? No. Cheese. It's probably really good cheese. I mean, <laughs> Jack's is pretty high. He eats the cheese. Yeah. That's right, the cheese guys. Can we oh. roll for the cheese being delicious? It's, Hold on. It's delicious cheese. Please. Wow. It's you dropped the cheese. It went in the closet. This cheese was bought really? by Pubis. It's really in the closet. This cheese was bought by Pubis. It's 100% in the closet. For when Moth came back. It's Pubis cheese. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's Pubis cheese. It was bought by Pubis for when Moth came back. Maybe realized the place had been burgled. Yeah. But... Oh, couldn't it be me, Monk? I bought this nice meal for you to reward you for, you know, being recognized. I was planning on us having a nice dinner. Okay. Uh, you guys walk down as they're opening the stores. They're walking over. You hear a voice from the forge saying, Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, nice to see you. Wow, great delivery team you have there. Um, <laughs> it opens into kind of an oddly shaped what? The rest of this area has been so kind of square, so symmetrical, so well-formed that this oddly shaped room full of, I, I mean, it reminds you of a Thomas's English muffin in a way. Lots of nooks and crannies. Oh. Nooks and crannies. Um, hey, look, it's got inside. Full circle. And looking down now, you may or may not realize that had you not put in the second fire poker, there would have been a pit trap that opened here. But you guys don't realize that camera scans down below it's and down. sees all these it's just rusty spikes in a pit trap. It was 18 to discover that pit trap. You guys got a 19 oh. trigger. That been fun. Okay, oh. you walk in. There is, uh, let me see, in this room, uh, the walls and tables are covered in ill-gotten goods. You're all experienced black market. This is quality black market materials. Cursed rubies, uh, diamonds from nations that Waterdeep is at war with. It's illegal to trade. Any red root? Uh, plenty of red roots. Oh, just you just like scooping like, it up, scooping the baddies. It's like uh, strange this items as well. Good stuff. Any paintings of Adric? You see <laughs> dark wax candles made of a black wax that only light up areas that for people with dark vision. These are illegal because they're used so often by thieves. Mm. And on one wall is a large portrait of Adric Amberhelm. What's Adric looking like in this picture? Yeah, he is riding a boar. Mm. Uh, orcs lying at the feet. Real, like, broke, like, red gold. He's got his hand in his... Uh, yeah, he had his jacket oh, pocket. <laughs> with, like, with, like a, a, a large standard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Him. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. <laughs> oh, and there is a cold, uh, there's a, a fireplace in the corner, but no fire within it. Hmm. Mm, taking a look at that painting. Okay, I mean, are you going to search it? Yeah. Okay, make a perception check. Ratten, that's what we're here for. This is you. 
right, all right, all right. Let's take a look. You. It's your roll. Oh. Did you roll last time? Or did I roll last time? He rolled last time. I guess I'll roll this time. Perception? Yeah, mm-hmm. doing it. Giving it, giving the old one two. It's not bad. Not bad so at all. What, 18, I think? Okay. Uh, you see, while it seems stuck to the wall, um, there is a little latch on the bottom, and if you undo that latch, it comes off the wall easily. Excellent. Uh, behind the painting of Adric, you see there's an alcove and a small black metal chest, like big enough to put a couple gloves in. Okay. It is has a little uh, uh, lock hanging off of it. Okay. Use my knobs uh, already. Uh, this is this is your this is your department. Uh, let's see. What uh, what 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 are you feeling? Uh, let's see. I could. Uh, I picked the log now, and then I can help out. Get the tech magic. I can try to see if there's any kind of crazy magic on this thing. So maybe is that a spell uh, or a ritual? It's a spell. Okay. Yeah. You cast the tech magic. You sense magic radiating from within. It is enchantment magic. What about the lock? Lock itself is not magical. The lock itself is just a regular lock. Yep. Hmm. Have a padlock hanging off of it. Need for a key. Do you wanna? Yeah, Buckley, you want to take a look at this lock? Uh, can work out uh, together. Hmm. Giving him advantage. We can uh, we see about that? Yeah. Get back to it. Your bonus. Uh, before so before he does, plus proficiency. He will give you a bardic inspiration. Ooh. So you oh, have yeah, a d6 have on uh, on that it. roll. Whoever's who's making the roll has a d6 <laughs> for ten minutes. Yeah, you can use a, a d6 on any attack check or saving throw. And uh, now that we are here at there, uh, Jax pulls out the pan pipes and he says, let me just calm our nerves here, boys, because <laughs> he is where, as they say, the ball bearings meets the foot of the guy you're trying to make stumble. Flashback! Oh, shit. Is that, is that, is that a DM's flashback? DM's flashback. Back to the meeting with Pubis. As you're leaving the room, Pubis says, Jax, stay around a moment. When the others have left, he says, I want Mach hurt by this. And he pulls from a bag a thick glass bottle. It is so bright looking that it hurts your eyes. It's moving white fire. He says, this is a bottle of hellfire. It's so, so hot, turns stones to ash. Burn down the smithy. Burn it all. And he hands it to you. And he says, he says, you better put a little something extra on my uh, payment there. Thousand gold plus. Know what I mean? Two thousand. He says, oh, 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 I hope we get an ongoing relationship. Cut back to the room. You guys are working together to open it? Uh, yeah, I just Roll have, with advantage. Jex plus proficiency. Yeah, you, you got, got that is, D6. Is this is, you, yeah, this is, you're picking? Is I, how, what you're I have, I, I have a, a Dex of two. Um, I, I, I don't have expertise on the these tools, so okay. it's just do. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, it's it's still a two. Do you want to? Uh, who has proficiency? Yeah. Do you have proficiency with these tools? Um, I, I believe as a rogue, you have proficiency with these tools. Okay, that's where it is. So, I don't yeah. have expertise. So you have, I'll check no, my you expertise. Have a plus four. He has a plus yeah. one. Yeah. I'll have a plus four. Um, and so plus six, uh, an extra d six. Uh, the extra d six. If you want to use your bardic, you roll the uh, the advantage die. 
Yeah, the D6. Uh, sure. I mean, you want to No, 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 no. It's with advantage. Yeah, yeah. Right. right. I'm saying. Okay. Too late. And inspiration. Okay. No, I'm trying to get. <laughs> trying to get him to roll a second die. Um. Uh. So that's 15 plus four. Uh. 19. Uh, make a Constitution saving throw. Make a Constitution oh. saving throw. Oh, and I'm not proficient with that. 12. Uh, you are pricked by a needle on the back, and on the you, back, on the back, sorry, on the back of the lock, there is a needle that you're pricked by, a practically invisible needle, and you take nine, ten, eleven, twelve poison damage, and you are poisoned for the next hour. Ooh. Uh, veins on your hand turn black. Uh, however, uh, the lock pops open. Um, he thanks for the healing. He is still conscious. But he that was a close one. Useless. <laughs> Thanks uh, for the healing. Uh, he gave me healing before after the fight. Okay. Who opens it? Do you want? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're right there. Uh, Ren, you're the expert lock picker. Let's let's see. Yeah, it's open. Uh, Lock's open. Ren, he inspects the lock with the thing. It's open. Tosses off to the yeah. side because he's going to touch the needle thing, and he opens up the the, the treasure chest. Inside, and you see there is some kind of like plush velvet, and within it, almost like a fancy glove, is the black. Shriveled hand. I don't know anything about dryads, but I've heard they're terrible and disgusting, and uh, I believe that's a dryad glove. Bam! The black hand of Viron. It emanates magic. Jax jumps forward and he says, "He says uh, my bomb bag be perfect for this. We don't want to get too close. Now, what, what, what am I going to do? I got to empty this out." And you see him just like uh, stash. The contents of his bomb bag just, uh, or just kind of empties the bomb bag contents, whatever, off to the side, and then holds that out for, for, uh, for, uh, Ratten to mage hand it into the bag. Yeah, casts his mage hand, picks it okay, up. Okay, lifts up and goes into the bag. He's like, safest place ever. I've actually had one or two of those things go off in here. Mm-hmm. But it's, but it's durable. We won't have any of these ill effects. Let's get the hell out of here. Good thinking. It, it would be wise for us to, um, not make it look like it was a targeted hit. We should take any other obvious valuables with us. He says, I like the way you think, Theo. <laughs> you go about pilfering the place. Uh, I'm going to say this takes five minutes. Yeah, and I'm going to use my other yeah, bar Oh, the black market spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. It's 919. I'm going oh, to add one more bardic inspiration on the on the, on the the search for that. Okay. I mean, you guys find oh, a ton oh, of yeah, valuables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do. This, this room is filled with it. Yeah. Illegal drugs, gems, diamonds, drugs. If I was poisoned, it's a packing material. What's your hit points? For the poison, so he has disadvantage. I'm thinking red ring. Just disadvantage on your HP. Okay, currently four. You Uh, running out of there? I'll give you an eight. Yes, yes, you're fine. Yeah, yes, fine. You're running out of there? Yeah, yeah. You emerge from the door. Just outside is as you're reaching the door, your alarm goes off. It's too late. You open the door, and there's the knight of God. He looks. Reaching for his sword, and then you hear a soft showing this 20 after, and boom, 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 an explosion goes off, and he turns away. Uh, you're able to scamper off into the night, but what about <laughs> and one last delayed fuse back in the room, the, the black the, market room, the last couple bombs in the in uh, Jax's signature bomb bag. Concealing 
one single vial of hellfire. As you're running off, you hear an explosion like no other. As you look back, a jet of white flame rises up. <laughs> and I done got him! As Jack says, they disappear into the night. Flying up above the flame is a what looks like a giant salamander made of fire as its own forge got blown up. And just <laughs> flying free. I'm gonna drink, gonna drink with that one guy. We're gonna, if you don't mind, real quick, we're gonna do a fiasco tell one sentence of how your character spends their wealth. They had something that they wanted to spend their wealth on in Waterdeep. We're gonna go forward one month first. Just one sentence. This is my character doing something with their wealth. They gained 1,000 gold or 2,000 gold. Uh, this is Buckley uh, wearing. Uh, nice, like, well-to-do gentleman's clothes um, uh, with a high elf in front of him that says, um, and the high elf says, you guys owe me money. And Buckley says, you guys owe me money. <laughs> Training them. I love it. No, he's taking elocution. Oh, elocution. elocution. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Meanwhile, one month later, what is Mock doing? One sentence of Mock's state. Mock is pouring over his latest tankard of ale, just drowning in the depths, alone in a dark corner, in the depths of a rank and vile uh, you know, outpost on the outskirts of, uh, of, uh, of, of Waterdeep. News has gotten around by now that the fire was caused by black market items in the basement of Hawks Regalia that had damaged not only Hawks Regalia, but fine exports or fine imports, a shrine of gone and various other buildings in the fine uh, business district. Three months later. Uh, Ratton and his uh, girlfriend, uh, well, he sold his shop and he uh, opened up a traveling uh, locksmith's workshop and he just goes up and, up and down the Sword Coast selling locks to <laughs> in much cheaper neighborhoods and like uh, places that have, have less competition. <laughs> Mock three months later. Standing before the magistrate, the imperial magistrate of the of the uh, the sovereign state of Waterdeep, he says uh, he looks disheveled, unpresentable, brought low. He says clearly the months have worn hard on him, and the magistrate stands stands there imperious like a Spanish inquisitor, laying down uh, the harshest of sentence. He says. Medic Fohammer, for your dealings in the in black market and deception of the highest-ranking officials of Waterdeep, we hereby revoke your business title and offer you the maximum penalty of fifty thousand gold pieces uh, against against you, your kin, and your state to be paid forthwith at any point here or in perpetuity. Should you die before it is paid, he says. He says, uh, and then and then uh, the, the clerk says, he says, in perpetuity, and he says, uh, and, and, and shall he remain the premises? 
Mark Fohammer, you are banished henceforth from Waterdeep, ne'er to return until the debt is paid. Bam! Bam! The seal comes down. Six months later. Wants to go. Uh, Theodorus Ellenval stands in front of a, a darkened, odd shop and says, Alright, I, uh, I, I bought the panther. I, I healed the rift between the gangs. I get who exchanged the mushrooms, and it's like everything is what you said. So can you tell me who my parents are? <laughs> <laughs> Mock six months later. Mock six months later, on the outskirts of Waterdeep, just barely outside the city limits, sitting in a a uh, kind of a, a hovel, uh, a, a a kind of. Uh, I guess you would say it's a it's more kind of like a gypsy camp uh, mm-hmm. just subs- uh, sub- subsiding on the, mere, the, the, the the meagerest of coins that he can scrape together from from the most uh, insignificant of crafting tasks you see him you see him kind of like re- repair a pan uh, you know you're uh, repairing a pan and a line of kind of you know neighborhood customer is coming to to ask this question or not and you just see him slowly like look at the work he's doing drop his customer's pan on the ground and just walk away right. one year later Jax Jax as the apothecary for the second time this month leaves Jax's extreme overly posh uh, uh, kind of what, what looks like a tiny sultan's tent somewhere in the same neighborhood that he was introduced. You know, le- leaving again with a gruff, with a with a, a the cross look on her face as she brings round a near catatonic Jax from the heaviest of, uh, of intoxications of, of Redroot. He, uh, he blinks his eyes and he says, I used to end them all. And he looks into his bomb bag and sees that the Redroot's gone and he's like, I gotta find pubis. <laughs> <laughs> and one year later, Mock is approached by someone. He says, uh, uh, in the... Back in that same inn that you, uh, that he was, uh, that he was coward and cowering in before his seventh sentence was leveraged, Mock has been unable to leave Waterdeep and remains clandestine on the premises, not knowing what next to do with his life, utterly shattered. There are, there are tankard after empty tankard on, on, on the table uh, of, the, of the cheapest, most vile ale. And not only is he alone, but he is shunned. Other, tavern, other, other patrons of this entirely unwholesome establishment are giving one or two tables birth to the to the extremely unkempt and sour-smelling dwarf who's laid up in the corner. And it is at this time that the door darkens by not one, but five heavily armed, extremely formidable-looking dwarves. The door creaks slowly, and a and a, a powerful-looking uh, a powerful-looking brown-bearded dwarf 
steps through the threshold and regarding the rest of the inhabitants with disdain, closes on Mock's table. He's, uh, he approaches and says, Is that medic? Mock weakly raises an eye from his glass, you know, trying to shed whatever delirium he, he, was, he was wallowing in uh, at this, uh, and, and engage the, the, uh, the dwarf approaching him, and he says, <coughs> I truly am lost. For Dame Frostbeard has no case to be here in Waterdeep. Maybe now I'll die and be done with it. And Dane Frostbeard, bearing a tattoo similar to the one that you've seen on Mox, uh, on Mox's forearm, but not the two, uh, two axes, but one single great axe, raises Mock up with a single arm and strikes him across the face with a loud crack, bringing him to... He sits and calls for an ale, and he says, Medic, you're so far gone, the only way to bring you back is to drink with ye. And he gives the slightest of, of, of nods as the four other iron guards of Citadel Adbar immediately sit, whoomp, as one occupying the tables around. Ale is called forward, and they drink heavily together. Dane beginning to relate tales great tales of the history of the citadel and of the of the of the dangers that that continue to this day to threaten that tower and at the end of a great session of memory and song and tale he looks in the merrick's eyes and he says if you want to die i'll give you a death better than any you'll find here come back home and face and, and face and face your death with a with an axe in your hand and Mok, uh, Mok just looks looks at him, kind of like still wavering a little bit from the level of intoxication, and he just reaches over <laughs> and knocks over his glass and stands to follow Dane Frostbeard back across the world to Citadel Adbar. Nice. Well, that's right. Yay! Got you to end the stream. All right, you guys have been watching well, Thursday nights. Well, get the sign off. This is Thursday nights, the longest running. Tabletop role playing stream.